This is Free Talk Live. It's your show. If you dial in toll-free, you can bring up anything. 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. Joining you tonight, it's Ian here with you. And Toby. Toby sitting in for Mark, who has gone off to do his fireman's training. But you were going to be here whether or not Mark was here tonight. Yeah, I was planning on it. Because we've been getting a glut of Nick, your co-host at Free Minds TV recently. And uh, we don't hear hear from you often enough. So it's nice to uh, to have you back. And you guys did this without even uh, consulting me, which is great because uh, you know it's well, always it's, nice to see you. It's great to be on. Normally on Tuesday nights we record Free Minds TV, so I have to go home and mix it all down. Uh, yes. But I actually I we had to record last week, so we don't have to do that tonight. So I told Nick I'd be on, and I guess Mark's not here. So you know, one of the things, me. <laughs> one of the things that you guys could probably do on Free Minds TV. I mean, for those that don't know, uh, that Toby is uh, he's the main host, one of the main hosts of Free Minds TV. Uh, he's an occasional co-host here on Free Talk Live. Uh, FreeMindsTV.com is the website. But one of the things that you guys might want to consider doing with Free Minds TV is kind of cross-training. Because you and Nick are both capable enough to where you could teach him how to do the mixing down and all of that, mm-hmm. and then you could do whatever it is that you know he did in, in return. Like, I couldn't That'd do that with nice. Mark. Yeah. Because Mark, you know, he has trouble checking his email, but Nick's a pretty sharp dude, so I'm pretty sure you could probably do that. Probably, yeah. He's kind of taken over the role of um, the radio half of the show, Free Minds Radio, which he comes in, in and does, and mm-hmm. I I wouldn't have any idea what to do on Sundays if it wasn't for Nick here. So right. we've kind of traded off, but you're right. It would be probably a good idea not if that, we trained each other how to do each other's jobs. Not that you want to spend too much time thinking about what happens if somebody gets in a car wreck or something like that. But <laughs> Well, there's know, been many instances uh, where it would have been nice to have the other one. And then again, I mean, with this circle of activism, it seems you never know who's going to be next to be put in the pokey. So <laughs> Exactly. I mean, they could target, as we've been talking about recently here on this show, they can target you for whatever they want to and then do whatever they want with you. Of course, we've been keeping our listeners up to date on and I know you guys have been covering it on Free Minds TV, but we've been keeping our listeners up to date on what's been going on with our co-host Sam, who is still in jail now over a week. Yeah, uh, we since... all expected him to be out. Well, yesterday mm-hmm. I was thinking that he was going to be out, but looks like it's going to be a while longer. He does. I did talk to him today. Uh, Sam does say he is feeling better, uh, even though he's still on a hunger strike. So <laughs> it's not not an easy time in there for no. him, but... Really? You know, he is he's bringing the hunger strike thing on himself that was certainly that was certainly his choice uh but nonetheless he's a he's a courageous guy and he is uh, he's in there doing this uh for your freedom because you know he could bow down to the state he could decide to give them all of the information that they're demanding from him so they can move him through their little process but he's refusing to do that because if you really do have a right to a speedy trial then why haven't they given him a trial yet? They haven't even given him a you know a fair hearing yet. Right, because uh, well, he doesn't want to play their game. Right. If you if you're not willing to play their game and by their their exact rules, well, they're going to treat you like uh, dirt. And they have they have the power of government. They have the guns. They they have the cages to put you in until you want to play their game. Right, it, but they say Toby in the, that you have a right to remain silent. They say that when they when they're supposed to arrest you and and when they're going to question you, they ask you or they tell you you have a right to remain silent. Well, apparently that doesn't really apply across the board. Because he was silent and was charged with refusing to process. Yeah. So so you get charged with a crime if you remain silent. I guess that 
I guess that still means you have the right to remain silent. And You're just going to have that right in a cage right, <laughs> in solitary. Yeah. So you have the right to remain silent, and they have the right to charge you with a crime and you know and hurt you and destroy your life. Well, I think we've also seen, and I know that uh, listeners of Free Talk Live are probably familiar with what's been going on at Keene District Court here. They've essentially been yes. making up their rules as they go along, which is part of the reason why Sam is behind bars. He was uh, fighting this in the first place, going and trying to videotape and in a public area where the mm-hmm. judge has decreed, uh, apparently without a signature or anything, that's yeah. a different story, but he's decreed that you shall not do this in this public area. You shall not videotape. For what purposes? I don't know. And and if you think that, oh, well, that's only happening in Keene, New Hampshire, you're, you're wrong. These bureaucrats will make up their own rules across the board. It's just that most people don't ever call them on it, and most people don't even know what their rules are, so they wouldn't know if they were breaking their own rules or not. But if you tried to go and do the same thing that Sam did here in Keene in your local district court or your local superior court, then there's a good chance that they, they're they going to harass and arrest you as well. It's just yeah, but no one will know about it, and no one will know about it either. I mean, it's t- not taken not only Sam and uh, other people like Dave Ridley coming out to point out this problem, but it's also taken the support of all the activists as well. I mean, uh, Sam's case, it's now made the front page of our local paper here a couple of times. It wouldn't have done that if he didn't have the backing of all these liberty activists that are here. It probably possibly may have gotten a blurb on uh, the back page in local news. Maybe. But if it wasn't for liberty activists here, not only taking a stand and getting arrested themselves, but also calling the jail, calling the court, calling the police department, letting them know we're not happy with this. We're actually standing up for our rights. If it wasn't for people doing that here, uh, it it would be like it happened in any other small town. He'd be another forgotten victim of the state. Another statistic. And that's that's one of the things that makes this movement so special is that when one of our friends or associates in this liberty movement up here in New Hampshire is targeted by the state, for whatever the reason is, I mean, presuming it's some sort of nonviolent, peaceful thing, which that's pretty much been all they've been targeting people for up here. Uh, whenever somebody gets targeted by the state, there are people backing them up. There, it's more than just your mom that's going to come to your court trial. It's it's a whole community of activists that actually care about one another and are willing to do what it takes to to help out. So in Sam's absence, you know we've got people, uh, we've got somebody taking Ivy is taking care of kind of the legal aspect of things, and you know there, we, we've also you know got uh, taking care of the you know feeding his cat and mm-hmm. and doing all kinds of stuff that otherwise would be very difficult for somebody to. I mean, who pays the rent when you're in jail? Somebody's got to take care of that stuff. So we've got enough people here to where it's not a it's not a large burden all being placed on one person. There are different people that can kind of pick up the the slack where wherever necessary. Right. And there's so many little things that anyone can do. And it, it's just one thing that makes it so cool. It's such a high energy movement can come off of this this one act. I mean, today I just wake up and I made a few phone calls to people I hadn't talked to since last week when Sam was gone. I mean, mm-hmm. very easy and simple for me to do but when you have a lot of activists making these phone calls um, on a daily or weekly or whatever basis writing letters to people uh, letting people know that you don't think it's right well 20 activists showing up 30 activists a day calling i don't know what the numbers are i have no idea but just even these small amounts and i'm sure that it's much more at this point it actually does make a difference. I mean, you've got to think the the jail guards uh, where Sam is being housed are probably scratching their heads because they haven't had people protesting outside yeah. the jail. Who is this besides, guy? Yeah, I mean, I mean, you were arrested and people were protesting too. But it was only besides, once, I think. 
a few um, uh, liberty activists being arrested, they haven't seen anything like this. They don't get the phone call saying release uh, uh, prisoner X. They don't get the people standing outside the prison. They don't have people calling into nope. radio shows, calling up the, the police department. I mean, even though it's still a small amount of activists here, it's making a big difference. And the longer they hold him, the more people are going to be spurred on to do something about this. I've seen comments over at freekeen.com. Uh, and I've seen comments on other message forums that where people are saying, you know, I'm moving up my plans. I was planning on moving two years from now, and now I'm looking to see how I can move sometime this year. I mean, people are, are, are getting excited about this. And it's unfortunate that it takes tragic occurrences like Sam being targeted for freedom of speech to get people active. But whatever it takes... There are people who are going to move here to New Hampshire as part of the Free State Project. Whether they come to Keene or not, I'm not too concerned with that. I just think we need more people, more liberty-minded activists concentrated in the same area. And, of course, we harp on that on this show a lot. But it's because nobody's come up with a better idea. There's nothing else out there that I've ever heard of that is a uh, you know a better idea than moving liberty-minded people together in the same place. No, I love the idea, and it, it, it gets me excited about the liberty movement. If I was doing this somewhere else where there weren't other activists doing other things, and I'm not given on uh, civil disobedience going to uh, fix everything or working in the system is going to fix everything, I'm not really sure what's going to make the change, but I know having a lot of people doing a lot of different things, well, it's the only thing that's happening, and it's actually showing some progress of actually working so i mean if it wasn't for the free state project i would probably be burnt out at this point yeah absolutely politics tends to do that but when you've got a real activist base it makes a big difference here 800-259-9231 we will take your phone calls about whatever you want plus an occasional critique of this show is that you're too new hampshire focused well this is of course where all of the exciting activism is as far as i'm concerned if there is something more exciting if there's something exciting going on elsewhere we'll tell you about it in fact coming up this doesn't really count as activism but it's related to sam's case a news reporter and his cameraman were arrested in texas we'll explain Talk Live, you dial in, bring up whatever you want, 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. Joining you tonight, it's Ian here with you. And Toby. And you can join us online at freetalklive.com. All the features are totally free, so enjoy those. Again, freetalklive.com. Features including the bulletin board system. We've got over 450,000 posts. There's a lot to talk about there from serious issues to fun stuff. You'll find it all free over at bbs.freetalklive.com. Now, according to the Computer Privacy Handbook, normal Internet technology is the most comprehensive surveillance system ever invented. Put a stop to email snooping with an easy-to-use email alternative, privacyharbor.com, because normal email is not secure. That's privacyharbor.com. We go to your phone call. Steve is on the line in Canada. Steve, you're on Free Talk Live with Ian and Toby. Good evening. How are you guys doing? Steve, great. What's on your mind? I just wanted to say your show last night was amazing. One well, of your best ever. But so I don't know, know why. It, I don't feel like it was any different than any other show. What was so it great was about it? It was very diverse. Just a lot of different angles on things. And, I mean, the early part of the show, you had the, the filmmaker on um, that was talking about, uh, you know, what was the New World Order? Oh, the paranoid guy, the guy that was paranoid about robots uh, taking over everything. And then you had the Christian fellow call in, right? and uh, he had a different perspective on things. 
and then uh, you went to your friend Sam, and that was very uh, just a good show. It's yeah, it's really amazing how a show like this, <laughs> which is essentially it's an open phone show, uh, yep. how a show like this can actually be so you know uh, have such variety and uh, can actually end up being entertaining. Yeah. And- I'll tell you, Mark really laid a smackdown on the Christian fellow. I almost felt bad for the guy. I mean, he just Mark was a I've little never... out of control last night. He'd had yeah. two. Uh, t- he'd had two caffeinated sodas. And... Normally goes with one. Yeah, one double the caffeine limit. intake. Yeah. <laughs> one will set him off a little bit. Uh, yeah, two... I mean, he's definitely got an opinion, doesn't he? Sure enough. So, what's on your mind tonight, Steve? Well, based on last night's conversation, and based on the fact that. Uh, I'm not sure where your religious allegiance lies at all, but I'm not a very religious guy. But, I mean, as I see the world kind of opening up here, this global world that we've got going on, I, I, I think there's a more simplistic view of it, and I wanted to get your opinion on it, whether or not it really breaks down to good people and bad people. There are good people that will fight for moral, ethical things, and there are bad people that will fight against that and be willing to do anything to get what they want. And when you look at it on a bigger perspective, I mean, if somebody that has no morals, um, no ethics, they will do whatever it takes to rise to the top, to get to the top. They will step on anyone that it takes to get what they want and they don't have any ethics or morals that they need to look back on, no conscience, so to speak. I think that is one of the biggest problems that we face nowadays, is that for whatever reason there's been, and I guess it it dates back hundreds of years, there's always been unethical, unmoral people that have no conscience. That's where I see a a very big problem. and It seems to be those are the people that quite often rise to the top because they will push out of the way and crush anyone that's in their way to do it. And the corruption just runs so deep within government nowadays on all levels. Like I'm calling from Canada. Mm -hmm. I I see it on all levels of government here. I see it in every country. It seems like... The bad guys are getting the top position. Absolutely. And then they pick the bad guys because they know they've got dirt on those guys to control them. It's this power of control and having dirt on other people. Um, I'd say you're right, uh, because what you're talking about is the government is a position of power over others. It's a violent monopoly. And inevitably, uh, the people that are attracted to the governmental positions, and I don't mean all of them. There are exceptions to this. But people that are attracted to positions of power are those who who have the desire to wield it. I mean, these are people who... um, Now, they probably see themselves as being moral people. They probably see themselves... Yes, I, really? absolutely. I mean, Hitler oh. believed he was doing the right thing. Otherwise, he wouldn't do it, right? So everybody believes that they're doing what's right. Otherwise, they wouldn't do it. It's just that their morals differ from your morals and my morals. And so, I mean, just to give you an example of how I can prove that what I'm saying here. Okay. Here in Keene, New Hampshire, uh, which is where we do this show, there's a local politician who hosts a Saturday morning radio show called Talkback. And she's been doing it for years. She's been a local politician for a long time. And I've had lots of conversations with this woman at this point. 
if you just met her on the street or if you knew her on her business side of her life, because unlike a lot of politicians, these politicians in this area are not like full-time politicians. They're just part-timers, basically. They make like two grand a year at the job, you know, the uh, the city council job. So she's not a full-time bureaucrat, but uh, nonetheless, she does have control and she does have those reins of power. And so in my conversations with her over time, you know, normally she's just a nice old lady. Like, you wouldn't know any better. She manages a, a business complex. She manages, like, a, a strip mall kind of thing. And I'm sure if you dealt with her in a business sense, she'd be a fine businesswoman. And right. I'm sure she's a nice grandmother and a very nice mother and all of that. I'm sure she's never beaten her kids or, or whatever. <laughs> but when it comes to being a city councilor, for her, when she's taking someone's house, which is one of the uh, the issues recently here in Keene, was the city council voted to steal the houses of a couple people, a handful of people who were late on property taxes. And we you know, brought this out to her on her show and pointed this out and, and told her, look, this is stealing. And basically what she said to that was, well, no, it's not stealing because it's the law. So she's told herself a story about how it is that when government does certain things that anyone else would call stealing if you and I did it, or thuggery or whatever, because in order to get your house from you, I'd have to throw you out of your house and then occupy it myself. That's essentially what the government is doing. Uh, but it's not called stealing, and it's not called uh, thuggery when they do it. Yeah, it's very difficult, if not impossible, for the human mind to hold two opposing views and have both of them be true. So it's either she's stealing and she's a bad person, which sure. she knows she's not, or the law says it's not stealing. So that's the one she's going with because it, it holds true out. to her. Right, it holds true to her worldview and how she views herself and how she views the world. What? It's very what difficult it for the mind to wrap its mind around both uh, both uh, uh, concepts at the same time. But, but is what she is doing, is it legal? Or is it illegal? They, they have written down on uh, pieces of paper words that say you may take people's houses if they don't pay property taxes. So, yes, it's completely legal. legal. Does that mean it's right? Legal. No. Whatever the word no. legal means. It means and it's words on paper. And that's where I think the other... I mean, again, it comes down to right and wrong good against bad, um, so what has gone wrong here that, again, you, you talk about, she, she knows that maybe, she seems like a good person, why doesn't she understand that this is a bad thing? But we can dig I, into I, that a little bit more here. Hang on, I'm going to bring it back. We'll, just, we'll continue this discussion. Why doesn't she understand? Oh, that is a good question, and we'll get into it here in a moment. 800-259-9231. She's engaging in theft and violence, but she doesn't see it that way. Why? It's Free Talk Live. Are you moving to New Hampshire for the Free State Project? Maybe you are already here and need to find a place to call your own. Mark Warden, the Porcupine Realtor, will help you find the perfect property. Do you want a home with 50 acres of land? How about an income-producing building? Perhaps a cabin on a lake or a condo in an urban area? Invest in liberty and property. Contact Mark Warden, Porcupine Realtor. See his banner ad at freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live. It's your show. You can dial in toll-free, bring up whatever's on your mind, 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. 
And it's Ian here with you. And Toby. And you can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. All the features on the site are totally free, so enjoy those on us, including live streams. We've got a broadband version of the show and a dial-up version and even a webcam. All free for you at listen.freetalklive.com. That is listen freetalklive.com. SACL CAI has a full-orbed approach to account recovery. It's really three companies in one. They do collections, early out billing, and they purchase charged-off receivables. SACL knows the way they treat your customer reflects on you, so their staff is respectful. They record every call, and they have the best equipment money can buy, so your business is handled as efficiently as possible. See their banner at freetalklive.com. That's SACL CAI. As we continue our discussion here with Steve in Canada, Talking about politicians and government people, evil, good, what's right, what's wrong, morality, why it is that they can't see those who claim to be moral in government, uh, who claim to be good people, why it is that they can't or refuse to see that what they are engaging in, that the system that they are a part of and the actions that many of them take are inherently wrong, and uh, or at least to us, they're wrong, and we think they should agree with us, but they don't. And, and Steve, your, your question before we went away is, why don't these people understand that what they're doing to, uh, that what they're doing is wrong? Is that pretty much what you'd asked? Yeah, I mean, really, when it comes down to it, I, uh, I think it seems to me that most of what is going wrong out there is a lack of human compassion. Almost, it seems. Um, I don't know wh- why that's been lost, where it was lost. Um, I mean, you look at your friend in jail there. I mean, all he was trying to do was something that legally he has the right to do. And, I mean, anyone with a, in my mind, a right sense of what is right or wrong as far as the judge goes. I mean, yeah, you can split hairs when it comes down to the law, but I don't understand why... A man is sitting in jail for wanting to videotape something in a lobby. Well, I think what it comes down to is what psychologists would call cognitive dissonance, where the mind is holding these two opposing views, and if they're going to be giving in to an opposing view, that's going to be trampling on their world view of things. They're going to be getting this uncomfortable feeling that the human mind over evolution has started to justify these uncomfortable feelings and make them right. I I care about animals, right? I I think that furry creatures are nice, but I also love the taste of hamburgers, right? (laughs) Now, how can I have both these opposing views of animal rights? Because I like animals. I think they're great. I don't think we should hurt animals. But at the same time, I'm a meat eater. So I need to come up with, with the rationalities for me being able to eat meat. And so I say, well, mankind was put on this earth to eat meat, and I've got the eye teeth and all this other stuff. And you don't have to do the killing. <laughs> right, exactly. <laughs> that makes it really easy that I'm separating myself away from that. I think it's the same kind of thing going on with these government officials. I mean, yeah, some of them straight up authoritarians where um, they're just here to hammer it home. But I don't think most of them are like that. I think most no. of them actually believe that they're doing the right thing for society. They're doing this to help people out. And to hold the the view that, yes, every single law that I enact, every every time I'm taking uh, tax money, it's at the point of a gun. If they were to allow those ideas and views into their heads, it would crush their world view of where they are. And I, I, don't, I don't think they'd be able to go on and with I, their positions in government, which is what we'd like. But 
Eventually think, they do. I used to be a socialist. Sure. I used to be a, well, whatever. I used to, when I was growing up, I considered myself a Republican. I don't think I would have known really exactly what that meant. But, uh, but, but let's talk a little bit more about cognitive dissonance because I think you're absolutely right. We've certainly discussed it before on this program, uh, but it's important to keep bringing this up because it's really, the, I think, the critical issue, as you pointed out, Toby, and I think where the person is in life will uh and where they are on their their uh their scale of understanding uh the, the life that they're living and and what's really going on will affect how much cognitive right. dissonance they feel you were saying that they hold a certain viewpoint and then when a uh when a, a challenging viewpoint comes in and they're analyzing that challenging viewpoint if that viewpoint is challenging their already held viewpoint that's when that cognitive dissonance feeling comes right. in now i'd imagine that somebody who's 18 is going to feel much less uh, a, a much lesser degree of cognitive dissonance. Let's say they're 18 and they just got out of high school and they didn't have like really politically active parents, so they don't know that much about the whole political scene. They just mm-hmm. you know they know that mom and dad were Democrats and so they're Democrat too. I don't think that individual is going to have as much of a cognitive dissonance issue as somebody who's 55 and has been a, you know, died in the wool Republican or Democrat or whatever for their entire lives, politically active, and, you know, just kind of imbued in, uh, in, in its, it's Someone with a whole lot system. of investment. They have a whole lot of yeah. invested ideas about what the government is. Which is right. one of the right. reasons why it's easier to bring younger people on board with this movement because they just haven't been in the, you know, the political club for long enough to get those uh, to get that mindset pounded into them and so when you're talking about people who are politicians and people who are in the system you're talking about taking those uh, those belief systems to the next step I mean it's one thing when you're the average Joe voter who doesn't really think too hard about any of these issues and has just kind of accepted what he's been told about the system and it's another thing when you've gone so far as to make the system your life and it's oftentimes old people who have had the same beliefs their entire lives you're not usually not talking about politics Politicians. You're not talking about people in their early or late 20s here, you're t- or even like their 30s. You're talking about a lot of the time people with white hair, people who have held these beliefs their whole lives, who have lived them, who have written the laws now right. that are put that are putting people in jail. Now, if you're telling them that your entire life's work has been for not, and not only has it been for not, it's been evil. It's been evil, and you've that, ruined people's lives. That is your, your entire you brain is going to come up with excuses and reasons that the the this uh, your ideas are wrong and their ideas that they lived with their whole life. Their their existence, their psychological existence, their worldview is counting on their brain, uh, pretty much shunning what you have off to the side and saying, no, I've been doing what's right all along. Your idea... The, the simple idea of liberty will destroy everything that they I mean that they know to be them I mean they they are this talk about system. a midlife crisis I mean <laughs> or wherever yeah like wherever that crisis. that could really crush someone's entire worldview and uh, essentially psychologically cripple them in many other aspects of life too because I mean you're talking about politicians who have invested everything in this who have invested yep. their lives so I think that it's not impossible to do. But it's not all going to happen in one day. I mean, it's mm-hmm. taken a lifetime for them to build these beliefs. It'll take some time to dismantle them as well. Well, I, am I still on? You are. Your thoughts? Oh, okay. I think what you guys absolutely nailed it there in the fact that you've got some um, dyed-in-the-wool, grayed hair people in powerful positions that are not willing to give up those positions. And I think, you know, going back to... The gentleman yesterday, uh, you know, making the movie, and the gentleman, the religious gentleman. 
I, th- I think these are a lot of the things that develop over time. Is, and again, it comes back to good and bad people. The bad people, once they get into the position of power and they surround themselves with people that they can influence and they can influence as far as um, their opinions and their ideas, and then they continue to recruit those types of people. I think that's something somehow the good people, the people that believe in liberty, that believe in freedom, have to somehow almost, I don't know, I guess get the guts to stand up to these people yeah, guts on a is bigger what level and just say, you know what, guys, your idea of this, of what you're doing is wrong. And it has to be on a bigger scale because they currently hold the power. The only way yep. to get rid of that view is to overpower it. And well, not overpower in any sort of violent manner, no, but to, no, but but to just, just simply stand up for yourself feeling. and refuse to obey. And I thank you for the conversation tonight, okay, Steve. It's been thanks. good. Appreciate hearing from you at 800-259-9231. And he's right. Guts, uh, courage, whatever you want to call it, is the critical element here. And it's been an element that's been pretty much lacking in the liberty movement for, well, most of its existence. Because if we have a lot of people who believe as we do, and there are a lot of people that believe as we do, if we have a lot of people that are willing to do something about it, then we can have change. If they're willing to be the change they wish to see in the world, then we'll have the change. But if all they want to do is talk about it, good luck. It's Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live. You can dial in and bring up anything. 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. Joining you tonight, it's Ian here with you. And Toby. Join us online at freetalklive.com. All the features on the site, we give them away. So enjoy those again. freetalklive.com. If you like the show and you want to help support Free Talk Live, you can shop with us at amazon.freetalklive.com. Enter Amazon through that link. Free Talk Live will get a percentage of your purchase. So whatever it is you need to buy, Amazon sells dozens of categories worth of products. I mean, lots of stuff. Pretty much whatever you want, they've got it. And you can even read user reviews of most of the things they sell, plus free super saver shipping on a whole lot of items. Enter through Amazon.FreeTalkLive.com and feel good because a percentage of your sale will go to Free Talk Live. As we go to your phone calls on the amp line, we'll talk to Eric in Texas. Eric, you're on Free Talk Live. Hey, guys. Hey, what's on your mind tonight? Uh, I just finished listening to Saturday's show. You had the uh, the woman on who was uh, uh, very concerned about principled politicians. Okay. And uh, I fell into that trap of having that argument with my parents many a time. And then I just realized if you point out to them that Hitler was principled, it shuts them up pretty quickly. When you say Hitler was principled, what do you mean? He was a very principled guy. He believed in his Aryan race and killing all the Jews, the gays, and the Christians, and uh, he stuck by his principles. Right, the principle of exterminating people different from him. Exactly. Yeah. So principles are meaningless if they're evil. Good point. You know, uh, they they mean nothing. Uh, having a, uh, I mean, sticking to your principles is certainly a laudable goal, but. What your principles are also makes a huge difference. No doubt about it. Of course, as we pointed out, uh, these people that are doing what we consider to be evil things probably tell themselves that what they're doing is the right thing. I mean, even if they have to break a few eggs to make the omelet, uh, they'll make whatever excuses they can for themselves to, to continue believing that what they're doing is indeed right. 
Absolutely. Like the, the city council lady there in Key, what was it she told you once that uh, she just goes along to get along? That's what she said, and, yeah. And that uh, it's okay if, it, if it's the law, as if a, a, a script of magical paper means a, a fill of beans. You're right, and that actually goes back to something I wanted to comment on. You're welcome to chime in here as well, Eric. But our last caller had asked the question of why is it that, or he was observing that these government bureaucrats just don't seem to have human compassion. Where where did their compassion go? And it seems like the law, this whole structure of democracy and the laws that come out of it, I've, I know somebody's going to say, well, it's a republic, whatever. Democracy, republic, these government structures that we have and the laws that come from them seem to disconnect the people who are uh, doing the writing of the laws and the people who are supporting those laws and the people who are enforcing those laws. For whatever reason, the whole magical uh, political process of going in and, and voting anonymously in a secret ballot and then having those people elected, having them write words down on paper about how people who have a marijuana plant in their hands have to go to prison for you know decades. No one's actually responsible. Well, right. They're no, well, Where's the? Where, well, that's what it goes into a lot of people's minds, I think. Yeah. Is, am I responsible for actually voting this person in for voted a bad law and then is, uh, well, putting someone in jail for it? How, how much responsibility do you actually have? There? True. The politician wrote the law, but they didn't actually put the person in jail. The cop put the person in jail, but they didn't write the law. So they don't all have total responsibility. And they're all doing just what the people put them in office to do. They're just representing us, right? Right. They always so have that So who's actually responsible? Right, it's the voters that are responsible, right? right? I'm just Even doing voters... what my constituents tell me. They want law and order in this town, so I'm just doing what they say. Right, so so even if they can be shown that people are being hurt, and you you bring up one of the local politicians again, since I have so much experience in talking to her, I've told her about how there are peaceful people that are behind bars. I mean, they, these people are all over the country. The United States with the largest prisoner population of the developed world uh, these are mostly nonviolent, peaceful people that are I think mostly it's the entire world. I think you're right about that. Twenty-five uh, percent of the world's uh, prisoners huge. are housed here. It's amazing, and there are so many nonviolent folks in there. It's just looking at that, they 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 tell themselves that well, this is what the people want, and I'm just doing my job, and so they can completely disconnect themselves from all of the consequences. Well, if you don't like that, if you don't like that, there are uh, you know eight hundred thousand people last year that were arrested for marijuana. Marijuana offenses and another 800,000 arrested for other drug uh, possession cases, not to mention prostitutes and you know gamblers. If you don't, if you don't like that those people are are having their lives destroyed and crapped upon by the system, well, you should just work within the system to change it. Because until then, we're just going to keep destroying people's lives. And they just, mm-hmm. for whatever reason, they're just they just tell themselves that because it's part of the system that the violence is justified and that the destruction of people's lives. It is. Uh, it's. It doesn't matter to them. It's not touching them personally. It's not their friends or family members that are going to jail. If that actually happens, then you'll see them all of a sudden turn around and get active to try to change that particular law. But otherwise, they're completely disconnected from the results of the system they support, and they can still feel good when they go home at night because, well, it's the law, and they're upholding the law. Right. Well, and I can also answer your your earlier question about. Uh, why they seem uh, to have lost their humanity and such. I, I, I honestly, I think it's Stockholm syndrome. Uh, they're so used to living in this that they they just go with it. 
Well, they believe that their system is right. Even when it's wrong, they believe the system is right. And even when it's wrong, they believe that uh, instead of just stopping the wrongs, because if tomorrow all of the uh, correctional officers that are holding Sam uh, captive, our, our co-host, and all of the other hundreds of thousands of drug prisoners and political prisoners across this country, if tomorrow all those correctional officers woke up and those uh, judges and the police officers woke up that are, that are, uh, that are essentially foisting this system upon us, if they woke up tomorrow and they decided they were going to stop doing this, it would all end. They could just open the gates up and turn those people out. But they believe so strongly in their system that uh, they can't. They couldn't possibly do that. Yeah, I, I'm thinking about the Stockholm syndrome uh, analogy, and I think you know it could it could work out when you're talking about the actual prison guards and the people who are in the jail. I mean, the staff, uh, Stanford prison experiments, uh, which showed that the prisoners and the 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 guards acted in the roles of people who would not do it in their normal state of mind. I mean, the the people who were in the experiment, the Stafford, Stanford prison experiment, would never have allowed uh, people to treat them this way unless they were prisoners, and the guards never would have treated them that way unless they were guards. So in a sense, I can sort of see the analogy to um, Stockholm Syndrome, but I'm not really sure. Eric, any I other thoughts? To the, I was referring to the voters just continually voting for the same guys. Yeah, that's getting that's, beaten down and just doing it exactly. over and over again, believing something is going to change. I think it's believing more the it definition of insanity. I mean, continue yeah. going to the the voting booth over and over again, expecting something's something going to change. Yeah, but, exactly. Yeah. Thanks, Eric, for the call, dude. Appreciate it. Eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one. Colin in Illinois, you're on Free Talk Live with Ian and Toby. Hi, uh, I, I want to tell you why it is. I'm a high school student, and public education is why we have this cognitive dissonance. Uh, actually, they in school we're doing the PSAEs, which are the federally mandated, you know, the No Child Left Behind test. Mm-hmm. And one of our teachers told us that we are obligated to serve our community by doing well on these. Hmm. And what you will know, that do exactly? If gives you, you more money to the school and such. The federal money comes in. If you get yeah, federal and state money. I see. So if you don't do well on the test, then you hate your community and you're bad. You're a bad member of the community now. Exactly. Wow. And, e- and even from this cognitive sense, you know, we're taught from the beginning, you know, the state is good, the founding fathers are gods, you know, this whole, this whole mental thing. And, and the fact that, you know, we're saying that that's all wrong, and then that implies to these people that their parents are wrong, that their teachers are wrong, mm-hmm. that this whole system is wrong. That and that, everything that's they know, that- right, everything they know is wrong, or it could be wrong. And that's scary, right? Yeah, and especially to think that your parents sent you to an institution for 18 years, that told you lies. That that's painful. Sure, it is. It's like hearing Santa Claus isn't real when you're 21. Except much worse. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Except basing your whole world around it. Wow, I'd say you nailed that one. Any other thoughts for us, Colin? Not really. I'd just say that's that's why. Well said, I sir. I thank you for it. And please give us more updates uh, as you're in the government indoctrination camps. Uh, let us know what they're doing to you. And they're always interesting to hear uh, the inside perspective. I thank mm-hmm. you for the call tonight. Yeah, they they have been cracking down over the years as they crack down on our l- civil liberties out here in, in the public. I mean, they've been doing the same thing in schools, but at a much mm-hmm. quicker rate because you don't you're not covered under the Bill of Rights when you're in school. You have your own separate set of uh, student rights or whatnot, Did which you? I don't even know the details on, but it's 
I don't know how it <laughs> how that works. We but. were hanging out the other night with uh, with a friend of Biles from blogofbile.com. They'd come up to visit New Hampshire for a little while, and they brought a friend up with them who teaches public school in elementary school. Did you know, Toby, that they're now uh, bringing cops around on like a once-a-year basis to bang their hands on the lockers as they walk around from class to class, pulling all the kids out of the class in like some sort of oh, extraction that's extra scenario? Oh, God. It's crazy. <laughs> they're just tra- training kids to be used to the police ordering them around and stuff. Hour two's coming up. Free talk live. These are challenging times. Inflation, job security, political and financial uncertainty affect us all. Now more than ever, it's important to review your life insurance needs should something happen to you. Experts agree. Most families should have life insurance protection of 10 times their income. The great news is life insurance rates have never been this low. When you call Termco, Gil Edwards will tell you how affordable term life insurance can be. Gil specializes in saving people money on top-rated term life insurance. Find out if you're paying too much or if you don't have enough. Ask about the new return of premium plans, which return your entire premium back to you after 20 or 30 years, tax-free, guaranteed. Your family's protected either way. Get the best coverage with Termco at the lowest possible rate. Call Termco for a free no-obligation quote. Call 800-493-7712. 800-493-7712. That's 800 800- Four nine three seventy seven twelve. This is Free Talk Live. It is your show. You can dial in toll-free. Bring up whatever's on your mind. 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. And it's Ian here with you. And Toby. And you can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. All the features on the site, they're completely free. So enjoy those on us. Again, freetalklive.com. So, uh, you can call in about anything. In the meantime, we'll talk about things that are interesting to us. And, Toby, you said there was a Supreme Court ruling today. Do you have a story? Uh, yeah, that? it's a, it's um, an update from a, a case they were hearing a few months back and a little bit of good news coming from the Supreme Court a we lot of the time. We do like to bring you good news when it is available. And it is a little bit. I don't know how much of an effect it will have, but, I mean, in principle, at least it means something. The high court limits searches of suspects' cars after arrest. Hey. This coming from the Washington after Post. Arrest. Yes, after arrest. So okay. uh, frequently, uh, what they, a lot of the time, they just ask you to get out of your car and search your car. And if you don't know your rights and say, well, I'm not consenting to search, they're just going to do it. So I think this is going to be affecting people who absolutely know their, what their rights are. And according to this article, a lot of it's coming from when you're actually being detained. The Supreme Court today sharply limited the power of police to search a suspect's car after making an arrest, acknowledging that the decision changes the rule that law enforcement has rallied and relied upon for the last 30 years. A decision written by Justice John Paul Stevens said the police may search a vehicle without a warrant only when the suspect could reach for a weapon or try to destroy the evidence or when it was reasonable to believe the evidence in the car supports the crime at hand. So they can search without a warrant when they believe you could reach for a weapon, but if you're outside your car at that point, then... There's no reason to search. They Unless search. they believe, say, they found marijuana on you outside your car, mm-hmm. then they could reasonably believe that there might be some be inside car. But say what this was being, this court case was being, um, the reason it came up 
was a man was arrested for a suspended driver's license. Mm-hmm. They searched his car, found, found drugs, and then he was arrested for that as well. So they're saying that that is off limits at this point. That is now off limits. Uh, if you're going to be searching their car, well, you better be searching for stuff pertaining to what the arrest was originally there for. Wow, I mean, that's actually a pretty good ruling, I would say. Yeah, I mean, if it's actually upheld and they don't have to go around this challenging this court, every time. This right? is the Supreme Court, and if, I, I mean, police officers and are actually upholding this and you're not having to take yeah. it to court yourself every time, because, I mean, let's face sure. it, this one guy took it to court, but it ate up five years of his life. That's true. Uh, how many millions of dollars, and, I mean, and that's knows? all he did. I mean, if you're having to go yeah. through the system each time, it doesn't mean much. But, you're I mean, correct. it's reversing 30 years of what police have essentially been saying is, well, you're being arrested, now I have the right to search your entire car. I mean, which really doesn't make all that much sense. It's like if you're walking, if you're arrested at your house, do they have the right to search your entire house? I mean... Yeah, uh, yeah that, that, that's a good point. If you're arrested out in your garden or whatever, and do the, does that mean they get to go in and, and ruffle through your drawers? Uh, that's right. a good point. And but but you're also right, Toby, that even though the Supreme Court has come down with this major, uh, somewhat major change to the way police get to search cars, if the police continue to violate the Supreme Court's decision, which inevitably we'll see this happen, oh, the yeah. police will a you know not even hear about the decision. And it's and, not like a bulletin just went out to all the right. police departments exactly. around the United States today that said, "All right, start start allowing people mm-hmm. their Fourth Amendment rights again." That doesn't happen. <laughs> no. Uh, so what ha- what will happen is people will still get illegally searched, and then they'll have to know about the Supreme Court decision. Yes, you'll or need the to lawyer, know your rights, and then they'll have to use now, that. In their appeal, and hopefully they'll get it overturned. Maybe then, after a local police department has had a search overturned, then they'll educate their officers. All right, you shouldn't do this anymore. But that, but what we've seen at least happening here in New Hampshire with the video videographers being arrested, there have been Supreme Court cases here in uh, New Hampshire mm-hmm. that have said that cameras are supposed to be allowed in the court, the press should have access, and they're ignoring all of that. So right. they just don't care what the courts say. Well, one thing this really will make a difference for are passengers in cars. Now, this is o- essentially over turning New York versus Belton, which was back in 1981, where there was a passenger in a car and the passenger had something on their person and the driver was arrested. The passenger's person was searched and the passenger's bag was searched. They found something and arrested them. Now, if the driver's being arrested for something, the passenger... Unless they have some kind of evidence that they should be searching the passenger's belonging, the passenger's compartment as well, the passenger should be walking away. So, I mean, it actually will make a big difference for passengers who know their rights. And also drivers say if you're arrested for um, not having a driver's license, well, the police won't have the ultimate reason to just search your car for no reason now. So I guess you're right, Ian. I mean, if, if you do know your rights, this case can actually have some true effect and i'm pretty impressed that they were actually willing to overturn a a law that was in the government's favor essentially considering all of the pro-police state rulings the court has been making yeah i mean it's it's kind of a surprise and the fourth amendment has uh, been essentially gone for years they can still (laughs) they can still kick your door in uh, without even saying police i mean they can shout police at the same time as they smash the door and you don't have to be given any notice or anything like that so this isn't to say that your rights have been restored but it's a slight step in the right direction and it deserves to be pointed out and i'd also 
just like to point out, this was uh, right below the other article, that they are also reviewing another case of strip searching kids at school. And Mm. so far, while they won't be ruling on this until June, it looks like they're leaning in the direction of, yes, even young 13-year-old girls um, should be able to be strip searched in school. So, I mean, that's an update coming down in the coming months, but it looks like... Go after that job. I mean, we talk about people. We were talking about how positions of power attract those who wish to wield it. If somebody finds out that it's legal to search uh, teenage girls or boys, uh, you know, take them down to to nakedness. You're talking about 13 year old girls being able to uh, a school vice principal being able to uh, strip search them. I mean, you'd think that that would be thrown out, but so far it's looking like, unfortunately, they're going to be ruling in favor of school strip-searching young kids. Let's go to your phone calls and talk to Stephen in Colorado. Stephen, you're on Free Talk Live with Ian and Toby. Greetings. Stephen, what's on your mind? Well, regarding what you were talking about, the um, the court case there, uh, regarding vehicle searches and, and searching people's, uh, you know, the, the person, searching your person, uh, I can't understand. Well, now let me say this. I'm turning on the, sarcas- the sarcasm here. I can't understand why on earth you wouldn't want him to search you. I mean, if you have nothing to hide. Here's here's a good know? answer for you. And and I understand that you're going to come up against that. When you talk to people about refusing police searches, inevitably somebody's going to bring that cliche. Well, you got nothing to hide. Why do you care? Well, how about I've got something better to do with my time? I mean, who is it that's on the road that gets pulled over by the cops and just wants to hang out with them for a while? Oh, good. I didn't have anywhere to go. That's why yeah. I was in my car, not walking. Driving somewhere, <laughs> right? I mean, yeah, look, I've got great. better things. Thanks for the offer, officer, but I've got something I need to be doing. Goodbye. Right. Well, one retort that I heard, which I haven't really gone over it in my mind how good it is, but it's so far one of the one of the better ones I think that I've heard is uh uh it's one columnist on Lou Rockwell and I can't remember which one. She said that somebody wrote her an email in response to one of her articles and said, you know, if you got nothing to hide, you know, that that same old cliche and she said, Okay, well that's fine. If you have nothing to hide, then why don't you send me all of your bank statements, your pay your uh, paycheck stubs and things like sure. that. Sure. Trust me. Yeah, exactly. I mean, I thought that was okay, but then the person might come back with, oh, yeah, well, you aren't the government, and you aren't, you know, I don't know, what what do they think the government's doing, looking out for their safety or whatever? I, I don't have any idea. Yeah, well, I just, just want to come up with a... I think I that someone who's coming up with this, uh, well, if you don't have anything to hide, why aren't you why aren't you allowing them to search you? I mean, at that point, I think those people are pretty much lost to the argument. You're never going to convince them. But using <laughs> that argument, you very may convince someone else who's uh, a listener of you talking uh-huh. to them. Yeah, that's right. I, I just would like to come up with a really good zinger or just steal one from somebody, you know, to where the the person says, don't, in response to your zinger. That's uh, a great like question. That. If you've got a good one, uh, call us up. How do you respond, or how would you respond when presented with the cliche response of, well, what have you got to hide? If right, you don't have exactly. anything to hide, why don't you let them search? What is your response? That's what Stephen's looking for here. Uh, to, Stephen is looking for tonight. 800-259-9231. I think it's a good question because I don't really have a zinger. 
I just like mine of if it was a cop that was making that claim, I would say, well, I appreciate that, sir, but I've got something to, I've, I've got a place to be going to, so if I'm not being detained, I'd like to be going to it now. Thanks being the much. unprincipled libertarian, I always take it back to the Constitution and say, what did ah. the founding fathers have to hide? There you go. Hey, thank you for the call tonight, 800-259-9231. What did the news crew have to hide? There was a news crew that was arrested recently. We'll tell you about it coming up here. Take your calls about anything. Free Talk Live. It's your show. You can dial in via the toll-free number. Bring up whatever's on your mind. 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. And it's Ian here with you. And Toby. You can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. All the features on the site, they're completely free. So enjoy those on us. Again, freetalklive.com. And those features, by the way, include the Shrine of Female listeners, dozens of ladies who've sent us their validated photo to prove they listen to the show. Head over to shrine.freetalklive.com. See it for yourself. And if you are a lady listener, you can be a part of the Shrine. All the details are there at shrine.freetalklive.com. Now, if you die, what happens to your family? Would they have to turn to the government for help? You can plan right now to keep your family in your home with tax-free money to pay the bills and make it possible for the kids to go to college. You can do this by calling Gil Edwards with Termco Insurance Agency. Gil specializes in term life insurance. Call 800-589-3614, 800-589-3614, Termco Insurance, 800-589-3614, protecting your family, 800-589-3614. 14 as we continue here taking your phone calls and we'll tell you about the news crew that was arrested because the crackdown on freedom of the press is not just happening in new hampshire it's all across the country we'll get to that but your calls first Uh, we go to steve in south carolina you're on free talk live hello steve do we have steve maybe i already took steve steve in south carolina going once steve in south carolina going twice lots of steves calling tonight we've had at least three steves tonight (laughs) So, we continue then. Uh, El Paso, Texas, where ABC's KVIA reports that an ABC7 crew covering an auto crash on the interstate unwillingly became part of the story. Motorists stuck in traffic witnessed veteran journalist Darren Hunt and photojournalist Rick DuPont being handcuffed and they're, they're using the term detained here. But I'm sorry, if you are in handcuffs, you're under arrest. Yeah, that's where I think I'd draw the line. Once they slap cuffs on me, if they tell me, stay there, you're not allowed to move, okay, that's That's being detained, detained. I'm told I'm not allowed to move, but if my hands are behind my back, (laughs) I'm being arrested. And if you saw the uh, the attitude of this cop, the the audio on the video wasn't the greatest, so I wasn't, I was kind of ambivalent about whether I was going to play it or not. Uh, but the, this cop was out. She's just out of control, just power tripping all over these guys. Just after 1:30 p.m., the two arrived to report uh, to report on a flipped semi on I-10 West near wherever. They parked on the left shoulder and ran toward the victims to, or as vi- uh, witnesses ran toward victims to offer help. A pregnant woman sat on the side of the freeway sobbing, and according to a witness, several men in military fatigues had helped pull the driver of the semi truck out of the cab. As emergency crews tended to the driver, Police Sergeant Raul Ramirez told the ABC7 crew from across the barrier to leave. 
several people, and they weren't in anybody's way or anything like that, Several people and a half a dozen cars were also stopped on the uh, eastbound shoulder. Darren continued to try to get information from the men in fatigues when the situation began to escalate. The sergeant jumped the barrier and told Darren to get in the truck and leave. And then Darren, with his hands behind his back to the side of the truck, or then held Darren with his hands behind his back to the side of the truck belonging to a witness that was parked on the shoulder. Darren said repeatedly, I'm not doing anything. Darren and Rick were handcuffed, read their Miranda rights, and taken to the Westside Regional Command Center, where they were released within, apparently, according to the story, a few minutes. So, one cop out of control on the side of the road, of course, he ends up with an administrative uh, suspension, which means he's getting to Paid get a leave. paycheck without having to actually go to work. And, of course, the uh, the, the uh, El Paso Police Department has ensured that they have launched an investigation. We are going to look into this officer's behavior, and we are going to investigate it. Yeah, you know, this sounds, and I wasn't there, so, uh, yeah, I'm, uh, <laughs> I'm being a little bit judgmental here. But what it sounds like to me is uh, the this this officer is probably doesn't have his authority challenged that often. He usually probably, nope. when there's an accident and he tells people, get in your car and move along, they, they, they do just that. But there was someone who had a camera who didn't want to who didn't want to just follow his blind orders for no reason Can at all, imagine? no good reason. So they just <laughs> said simply no. And it's probably the first time in a while that his authority was challenged, and he had to strike back. The, it's not like the guy kept moving toward the scene. Right, he the was officer, on the other side of the barrier. Well, the officer told him to. Uh, well, the officer was on one side of the barrier, but the accident was on the other side of the barrier. I don't know why he was over there. You can't you can't really tell what the exact layout of the situation was. But when the the video starts, the news crew is walking toward the accident. You can see the accident on the camera. Then the officer jumps over the barrier from off screen and begins to verbally assault the news crew. The news crew stops in their tracks. It's not like they keep going to try to, you know, push past the officer and, you know, go get an interview mm-hmm. or something like that. They stop in their tracks and begin turning around, but the officer just continues to escalate the situation because, well, well you know how what, some of these bureaucrats are about cameras. I, I feel like officers aren't usually trained in de-escalation techniques. <laughs> Most of the time no. they seem to escalate the situations. I mean, if, if the police are called, chances are uh, de-escalation is not what's going to be happening. So, uh, I'm not all that surprised. I mean, I I think as you see more and more cameras getting out into the hands of people, I mean, I know this was a a news agency doing this, but on YouTube, you can see all sorts of these videos. Now that people are out there with their cameras and they're they're actually videotaping the police when they're... um, going off on people like this Mm -hmm. i mean you're seeing more and more of these pop up and it's been going on for a long time it's just been isolated because who's going to believe your word over the police it's bad enough when the it's it's bad enough when the police pick on everyday average people but to really show how far the tyranny has gone in this country you don't have to look any further than the police shutting down the freedom of the press. And this is another example of it. Our friend Sam was arrested last week for b- trying to record in a public lobby of a public building of the public courthouse here in Keene, New Hampshire. This uh, this news crew, both the cameraman and the uh, the interviewer, the, the anchorman or whatever, were both arrested on the scene of a car accident. Not exactly a national security situation or anything like that. Then there was the, uh, the political convention last year, 2008 mm-hmm. political conventions, where an ABC News reporter was cuffed and arrested 
for doing nothing but standing on a public sidewalk. Right. There was the Miami news reporter who was arrested for trying to uh, videotape outside of a government school on a public sidewalk. When a cop ordered him to cross the street, he said, I don't have to do that. I'm, I'm on a public sidewalk. You can't tell me to go across the street. Freedom of the press. Well, he got arrested for that. And we can just go down the list. I mean, I'm just those are just the ones that I recall. The obvious instances of oppression of these people that are in this case is members of the mainstream media. Yeah, and that's how well, these are cases that you're recalling. It seems like members of media that are uh, mainstream. But what about small? Every person's allowed to be their own media. I mean, if you you have some way to get your voice out there, you can be your own media. I mean, that's what the First Amendment is supposed to protect. If uh, I can just I be an individual was, yeah. and I can go out and create my own story, and I am the media. I don't need this press badge to uh, allow Apparently you to. You do. I know. I mean, you do. <laughs> But you're not. You shouldn't have to have this yeah. press bad badge in order to uh, keep your camera rolling. Right. I mean, camera, every single person should be able to be the media. Absolutely, the camera should be the press badge. The pen and the pen, pencil, uh, the the piece of paper, the notepad should be your press badge. Whatever it is, your implement of documentation and right. recording is that should be enough. But now they're cracking down even on the mainstream media members. I mean, what more evidence do you need that this is anything but a free society? It's Free Talk Live. Would you like to help others find Free Talk Live? You can help us advertise, market, and promote the show at amp.freetalklive.com. Consider becoming a Free Talk Live amplifier now for $3 a month and get some cool bonuses at amp.freetalklive.com. Free Talk Live. You can take control of the airwaves. Bring up anything. 800-259-9231. That's the Sickle CAI toll-free line. It's Ian here with you. And Toby. And you can join us online at freetalklive.com. All the features are free, so enjoy those. And those features include the wiki with over 1,800 pages created by listeners like you. Go to wiki.freetalklive.com and get interactive. W-I-K-I, wiki. .freetalklive.com. Plus, what if you found out that the best liberty activists from around the world were moving to the same place in order to achieve liberty in their lifetimes? Would you want to join them? It's happening, and you can be a part of it. Join the Free State Project at freestateproject.org. That's freestateproject.org. Because it's great to believe in liberty. But it's even better to be around others who not only believe in liberty, but are also willing to take action in order to achieve it in their lifetime. It's a lot less frustrating, too, I think, and a lot less burnout when there's others around you doing it, too. So, you know what? You need a month off. You can take a month off, and other people will pick up the slack. And yeah, it is nice. come back in wherever you want to with whatever kind of activism you want, and... Pick off wherever you left off or start anew. You are somebody, Toby, who uh, will come out from time to time to one of the local events that we have here in the Keene area, Social Sundays. It's a weekly gathering of liberty-minded people that are tend to be living in the Keene area. Some people come from outside the area. But this past week was a record-setting week. It was amazing. The entire uh, bar, the bar that they meet at was full I almost, mean, it, it almost. Was fuller than i've ever seen it on a sunday afternoon and yeah i remember when we, we first started doing these there were a few people and every time i come every i don't know a month or every month or so i stop in and there's always more people i'm, I'm always impressed that there's new faces, new faces people yeah. i've never met before that they're like yeah i've been living here for uh three weeks now i'm like really wow that's awesome i mean there's always new people that 
are there to me. And I mean, it's it helps give me that extra push of, you know what, I'm not doing this entirely for no reason. I mean, there's other people who are getting amped up because of it. So, I mean, it really helps to keep me going. I, I don't think that I would be continuing to do Free Minds TV and mm-hmm. the radio show and getting active in this stuff. If nothing if, was changing. If nothing if, was changing, people yeah. weren't ha- uh, moving in. I was like, okay, I'm going to just live my life the best I can in the system we have. But That's what most people do. I mean, yeah, burnout rate is it happens pretty quickly if you don't have others around you um, helping to pick up the slack, helping to show you that there's a real reason for what you're fighting for. One eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one. So yeah, there really is an activist movement here that is unlike anything else I have ever seen. It's the most social movement of liberty-minded people ever, too. I mean, liberty, uh, libertarian types tend to have a reputation for being kind of antisocial, reclusive, uh, geeky types, right? And here. They come out, they get together, they socialize, they go out, they do things with one another, and there's all kinds of opportunities to meet people and get mm-hmm. to know other people, and it's really the most social thing I've ever been a part of. Well, like you, like you said, while Sam is in the pokey right now, uh, people out there um, feeding his cat at his mm-hmm. house and stuff. I mean, it really is a community of people that are here not only to pick up the slack and the liberty activism, but also to help you out with your life if stuff's going on, too. I mean, it's a, it's a whole community of friends um, not only being active in liberty but also you know just hanging out with each other having a good time and i've got to say that some of the most interesting people i met uh, or i have met mm-hmm. um are from the liberty movement i mean they're not your typical cookie cutter uh just come out of the factory made human being ready to fit into society it's really a lot of interesting quirky people that i mean uh, they're they're great to meet these people and become yeah. friends with they're, they're people that are uh, really just wonderful folks they're the best people i've ever met i'm so happy to be here anyway let's continue 800-259-9231 freestateproject.org is where you can go to learn more about this movement of liberty-minded people all moving together apparently by the way uh the free state project is really threatening a lot of folks too because uh, people are, are scared yeah, the, the statists, statists out there. Those who support the status quo, those who support the government, those who support violence and tyranny and, and oppression. Now, of course, they wouldn't say they support oppression. They would sort of say they support law and order or whatever. They, they put some sort of terminology on there to, to coat over what the actual uh, events are that, that are going on. But it's violence that they support. And so recently, with all this news coverage that the activists have been getting, with Sam being arrested last week, mm-hmm. with the six other people being arrested at the same time, you know, essentially mass arrests happening in Keene, it's blown up into some news coverage. And if you read the comments on these news articles, there are some very vitriolic, angry people out there that uh, are very upset that all these people are coming to New Hampshire to force their way of life on us. And you know they're very, very upset about the idea of the Free State Project. They don't really understand it because they haven't done much research into it, and they certainly don't want to understand it. But they're very frightened. I, I see them as being scared, which is why they're lashing out like this. They've got a is, lot to lose. Yes. I mean, their entire way of life is is being threatened, let's quite take your, literally. Let's take your phone calls. John is on the line in Arizona. You're on Free Talk Live with Ian and Toby. Hello, John. Hey, Ian. Hey, Toby. Hey. Uh, thanks for taking my call. What's on your mind tonight? Yeah, I'm actually one of those, uh, you mentioned earlier, the... Uh, the antisocial types that are kind of reclusive and geeky. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I'm planning on moving to uh, Keene within the next couple of months, actually. Excellent. 
I used to stay inside all day, too, by the way. I mean, just because there was never anything I wanted to do down in Florida. Well, all the activism was going on online, right? (laughs) I mean, most of it. Any activism that was going on where I came from, I started. I was the one that was setting up the outreach booths and the the tables at the gun shows and the the Pride Fest. So anything that was going on was pretty much me. Uh, So outside of those things that I would organize myself, it was pretty much me doing nothing with my time except Free Talk Live. I had nothing else I wanted to do. Now I've actually got so much activism going on sometimes i have to well sometimes i have to slow down and say okay maybe i should get some work done today because <laughs> there's always something new i could be doing as far as activism is concerned so well, even though you may be a reclusive type uh you might be encouraged to come out a little bit more when you're around more like-minded people yeah i'm looking forward to it well you know you mentioned this uh this cliche you got if you got nothing to hide then what do you worry about yeah yeah well i thought of a response that you could use, potentially. I don't know. You might want to uh, reword it a bit. But I was thinking of saying, well, uh, I don't have anything to hide. But on the other hand, uh, we aren't in grade school. You aren't my teacher. You're not even a classmate. This isn't show and tell. And I've got nothing I want to show you. Awesome. (laughs) I love it. I don't know what the cop's response will be. <laughs> this but... isn't show and tell. <laughs> I like, I like that. Just say that. This isn't car. show and tell. <laughs> <laughs> that's brilliant. Congratulations. Anything else on your mind? No, that's it. Thanks, I mean, John. That kind of reminds me. I mean, when you're taking a test in school, can you look look back on these days when the teacher would just sit there and look over your shoulder at your work? I remember that making me very uncomfortable when she would see the whole thing at the end. And I mm-hmm. think that's where I started... You, you know, really internalizing these ideas of I don't like authority looking at my business when they don't need to. So it went back a long time for me, too. It, I mean, I can remember being anti-authoritarian as long as I can remember, mm-hmm. basically. Let's continue and talk to Professor in Georgia. The professor is on the line. Good evening, Ian and Toby. First time caller. Good evening, sir. What's on your mind tonight? By the way, it's professor slang, not per- professor. Professor. Yeah, okay. professor. <laughs> Been a frequent caller to Genesis uh, over many years since since the inception. Um, normally taught, I used to call Alex a lot. Hey, look, uh, guys, here's my answer for somebody when they say, huh, "What do you got to hide? Maybe you should let them." Say. I always come back and say, "Maybe you should look. If that's the way you live your life, you feel that you need to be checked on. Um, you're not a responsible person. Then you see, if um, if you feel like a." Maybe you have plenty of time to be checked. See, the Alabama state motto is in Latin. You might consider Alabama to be sort of a backward state, but their state motto, Latin, is Odemus jura nostra defendere. What that means is we dare defend our rights. The Supreme Court has ruled rights only belong to a belligerent claimant in person. Mm -hmm. See, the people that acquiesce uh, are taking steps backwards. They're actually ruining our country. It's brave men and women yes, that take responsibility for their actions that have allowed us to have the freedoms that we've got now. When you encounter someone that's like that and they say, well, what do you got to hide? Say, well, why do you, what have you got to lose? You know, we've got a country here that we're losing slowly but surely. And when you allow them to check you on the side of the road, then they'll want to check you wherever you are. You must stand up. It is a stand. slippery slope. Uh, you're right. In fact, if you've got more comments, uh, we'll bring it back. Good good stuff so far. I like it. 800-259-9231. It is those who have acquiesced that have essentially given up all of our freedoms. And it's up to us to, to start saying no. It's up to us to start disobeying if we want to have a shot. And being free again, it's free talk live, not that we ever really were. This is free talk live. 
it is your show. You can bring up whatever's on your mind. 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line, and it's Ian here with you. And Toby. You can join us online at freetalklive.com. All the features on the site, we give them away. So enjoy those on us. Again, freetalklive.com. And uh, you also need to know that if you want to support Free Talk Live, you can do that by going to promote.freetalklive.com. A whole list of things that you can do to help get Free Talk Live into more ears around the world. Go to promote.freetalklive.com. Help us out. It makes a big difference at promote.freetalklive.com. We continue with your calls. Professor, or the professor, is with yes, us. Yes, professor. Not even the professor, but just professor. Uh, well, is in- the... The professor, I mean, I've been talking, like I said, um, before it was even Genesis, uh, I was calling many of the show hosts that are on here, Dave and Joyce and um, right. most of our Alex. Most of our listeners don't even know who you're talking about because this is a nationally syndicated radio show. And oh, okay, most of the okay, so um, even... I hear you on the GCN network. Right, Believe right. it or not, I'm listening on Flycast on my BlackBerry. Is that not the coolest thing? What I just is, downloaded what the What is Flycast? Today. What is Flycast? Yeah. They carry 1,200 radio stations, okay, hmm. that, that you could go to their website. Like, I don't even know what it is. Believe it or not, um, I just click the icon on GCN Network. Do you have to pay for this? Uh, this no, product? it's free. You can no, and it's and it's included in your data plan. Like for example, my BlackBerry carries a twenty-seven dollar a month data plan. Yeah. Full, fully connected to um, internet messaging, BlackBerry messaging, um, all your email cool. clients, what have you. Because um, I I just recently got one of these new smartphone things. I got a BlackBerry just, and I'm loving it. It's great. Uh, it it really is. Uh, it's been it's been a big help for me. It allows me to actually go out and do some activism and still have the ability to you know to check an email if I need multitask. to. Multitask. Yeah. yeah really, the BlackBerry is perfect for. I hate to say this it's perfect for typing while you're driving too oh dear i don't um, do that no uh but uh, <laughs> well, sure i don't either right yeah no, i'm okay. serious that's that stuff scares me man uh but anyway they have a whole keyboard you don't have to go through you know? yeah <laughs> well the people that aren't familiar with um genesis radio network you guys are being carried on there live on the in, you know internet stream right, right gcn now. is our syndicate they are the company that does a fine fine job of producing the program in minnesota they upload it to the abc satellite services people in new york that goes up to what they call the bird, the satellite uh, up in the sky, and that uh, beams down the signal across North America, uh, Hawaii, and uh, and Alaska, and Canada as well. And, and you're going through their switchboard as well because I've known I've been dialing that same number for like 10, 12 years. Yep, now. it's a it's a it's a company that has seen a lot of growth, uh, especially since they've added Free Talk Live. Actually, uh, they, <laughs> they, no, I'm serious. I'm serious. Free Talk Live is kind of like their breakout show, uh, and we really started racking up some affiliates for them. And since then, they've been doing better financially. They I mean not that they were doing bad before, but now they've got like four channels up on the the, the satellite system, whereas they used to only have one. So and those channels are not cheap, let me tell you. So GCN's yep. doing better than they've ever done, and it's uh, it's good it's good that we've been a part of that. Now, oh, let's get back into what we were talking about before. Well, believe it is... or not, I had a national radio show for quite a while, um, about a year and a half. It was called Voices Behind the Silicon Curtain. It ran from 2000 to 2001 for a year and a half, and um, it was an arch-rival station to Genesis. Kevin Trudeau, who was the um, – I mean, Michael Trudeau, who was the president of the broadcasting side back then, he wouldn't let me on because he said I was too much like Alex Jones. He said, what do I need another Alex for? He said, why don't you do a car show? You know, that was, that was the way he came at me, and he wouldn't let me on the network. So, you know, no okay. sour grapes. But, well, yeah, um, it sounds like you're sour because it's now been almost a decade since that happened. Uh, well, anyway, let's get back to what you were talking about before because I thought you were making a pretty good point. Right. Well, see, I'm a, freedom, the, ad, I'm a freedom advocate. You know, yes, the name sir. of my show, Voices Behind the Silicon Curtain, I addressed many of these issues the many years ago. The show you at one time had. Right. You don't yeah, have and, that and anymore. 
No, but right. I'm still a freedom advocate. That's I good. Still, and I that's still what I want to talk about with you is the, is the whole freedom thing, not necessarily defunct radio shows. So, I'm working locally, okay? But I do inform people of their rights. You know, I'm, I'm extremely informative, and I don't take long to do it. And I have... Um, no, you were I very concise inter- before when we were talking uh, before the break about, you know, pointing out uh, the acquiescence of people is exactly. what is yes. res- and I've intervened in cases where cops have stopped friends of mine. And the cop is fixing to violate Fourth Amendment rights and fixing to violate property law. And I stand up and I say, sir, to you, you're going to have to get a supervisor now, please. Let's get a supervisor. There's some things we need to address. Otherwise, otherwise, I will be in court as a witness against you for violating this person's um, constitutional rights, second, uh, first, um, whether, you know, whatever it might be, Fourth Amendment, unlawful search and seizure. Um, also in Alabama, um, sometimes where I've been stopped, because I'm in Columbus and it's a border town with Phoenix City, the cops are more corrupt there. And you get stopped a lot and you get um, dogged a lot. They try to plant mm. drugs, all sorts of things. You know, law enforcement is not equal everywhere. Well, I'm glad so, I'm not in the South anymore. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I haven't even heard allegations of cops planting drugs up here. Toby, I mean, you've lived up here all your life. I'm sure it's happened. Well, my dad, but, when he was the old hippie type, said they used to do it all the time. Really? Like in the protest days, but uh, I mean... That was that was years ago. I haven't, haven't heard done it to any of us recently. Yeah. Not in the past couple of decades, anyways. Hey, hey, well, professor. Have, uh, any other thoughts for us tonight? Um, well, I was just wanting to say that you know people need to become an, uh, more freedom oriented. We're, we're as we're losing our freedoms. Let me just give you a juxtaposition here. Um, Columbus, Georgia, is 86 miles north of Albany, Georgia. In the year 2002, um, round about uh, April this time of the year. I visited um, my fiance at the time. We went and visited somebody that was her aunt in the hospital. When we went into the hospital, we had to go to a service desk and we had to get badges put on us that said visitor. Clearly, you know, a lapel badge that said visitor. Mm-hmm. Well, I go in my local hospital in Columbus and the other day to get x-rays. And when I walked in, um, I think it was Thursday or Friday, I, I walked right past the service desk. You know, there's, there's, uh, they don't even stare at you like you're up to something. We still walk in and out of the hospital, and this is a big, a, a big hospital in Columbus too, the biggest in Columbus mm-hmm. versus the biggest one in Albany. And seven years ago, you had to check into a service desk in Albany, Georgia. And I, I told my fiance, I said, Do you know why that is? Do you know why? what the difference is? The difference in attitude is because the people there, are, they're, they're more. Um, um, respectful of authority than we Columbus is the last site of the la, of the last land battle between the states wait which um, the people where are more respectful of authority the people um, where well, in Albany they're more they're more like they think they need to be checked you wait see, was Albany the one I'm sorry I'm getting lost was Albany the hospital where they have the, you, the visitor yes, badges you have to have a visitor's badge I see, see C- Columbus would be more um freedom oriented there's more activist Okay, a lot more activists in Columbus, a lot more freedom. Where's advocacy. the actual freedom, though? I'm like, is, is it really that much more free in Columbus versus uh, Athens? Or, Albany. Not Athens, Albany. Albany. Um, well, I'll put it to you like this. Albany is suffering a great amount of white flight right now. What does um, that mean? It, white flight. In other words, the county next to Doherty County is um, one of the fastest growing counties in Georgia. And a lot of it has to do with, with law enforcement and um, uh, things that are going on down there. Uh, all I'm trying white to address flight is, is that, that what, what is what is, is like gentrification? Is that where white people are or leaving? leaving the is opposite of gentrification? Yeah, yes, exactly. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's it's not attrition. It's not people dying off. It's actually flight. They're actually flocking to the county um, next to them. And, and um, the reason Albany, for that I, is what uh, the, the law enforcement. Uh, if you would go and check out. Um, 
the um, WALB. It's the, uh, I think, the Fox affiliate or something in Albany. Every day they're doing hit pieces on the police for uh, what the Albany You can dial 911 and die there. It's, it's just really backwards. It's only 86 miles from well, my why would town. only why would only white people leave? I mean, it's usually uh, black people and Hispanics and, and poor whites that are the ones that are attacked by the police. Why are... Why are you saying it's white flight? The I guess city is managed. The city is managed by blacks. I'm not trying to make this racial. It does sound it, racial. I can tell you that. At it, this point. Well, well, you know, you should, you should if you want if you got something if you got nothing to do, look into it. WALB, look at their commentaries on the police, and and if you go to it quite regular, um, you won't believe um, how uh, the the attitude is so different. And and another thing, the white people there and the black people do not mix in. In my town, we've been mixed up a long time. There's no racial division that that I can even tell. That's the way it um, ought but, to be, as far as I'm concerned. People need to uh, to get together and get over the silly nonsense about having different uh, skin pigmentation. I thank you for the call tonight, Professor. Appreciate hearing from you. Eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one. People should be judged based on their actions and not based on the plot of land they were born on, and not based on the color of their hair or the color of their skin or anything superficial like that. Right. Unfortunately, we're we're definitely not there yet, and I, I think that uh, I'm not sure exactly what the caller was speaking of, but in law enforcement, as you said, there is a tendency for profiling uh, a lot of minority mm-hmm. groups. I mean, it's unfortunate, but it, it definitely does still happen. I think we need uh, some some black and Hispanic flight up here to New Hampshire because New Hampshire is just too darn white. Like, <laughs> it's one of the whitest yeah. states out there, like 97%. There white. needs to be some mixing going on here in New Hampshire. There's not enough of that. I'd agree. Opinion. I definitely agree. I mean, the more diversity, the more you get to learn from other cultures and stuff. I I think it's great. But. I'm excited to just eat at the New Mexican. There's a New Mexican restaurant that opened up here. I'm like, wow, okay, great. You're going to bring 10 more uh, Hispanics into town to, to work here. This and that's great. significant here. Yeah. I mean, 10, I mean, we really are um, mostly it's white. like 90-something, 97% or something like that. It's crazy. So come on up here. 800-259-9231. Get out of the South where uh, cops are... Really, they're worse in the South, in my, in my opinion, than they yeah, are. Yeah, here you get pulled over white or black. You're going to have people pulling up cop watch, maybe. <laughs> 1-800-259-9231. Our number three is on the way. Obama has signed himself the National Slavery Bill. We'll tell you about it. Free Talk Live. This program is brought to you by Freekeen.com. Freekeen.com features audio, video, and blogs chronicling the transition to a voluntary society. Freekeen.com also has comments and discussion forums so you can be heard. Freekeen.com. This is Free Talk Live. We are launching an hour number three of the program. You can dial in toll-free and bring up whatever's on your mind at 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. It's Ian here with you. And Toby. You can join us online at freetalklive.com. All the features, they're free. So enjoy those on us. Again, freetalklive.com as we continue taking your phone calls about whatever you want. It's John in California. Ooh, no, John's gone. Let's try Mark in Massachusetts. Mark, you are on Free Talk Live. Uh, hey, guys. How you doing? Hey, Mark. What's on your mind tonight, sir? Um, well, first off, I just want to say I love you guys' show, and I think you guys are great. Um, you know what, Mark? I just I, want to say that I love you, and I think <laughs> you are great as well. Oh, well, thank, thank you. Can we have I, a group hug try. on the air right now? Me and Mark and Toby all getting together. So, what, what's seriously though? What's on your mind tonight, Mark? Um, well, I don't know. I just want to talk about Obama because, like, I, I really haven't seen him doing much besides the stimulus plan. I know he promised so much change and everything, and 
I, I just really haven't seen much that's going on, but what, like, what do you guys think? What have you hey, guys seen? Hey, what do you mean, man? He's been changing things. He's been bringing more troops over there to kill brown people in Iraq, and he's... Yeah, damn those brownies. He yeah. is, uh, he is right now, and we're going to tell you about it later on here in this hour, he is changing things by creating a national service mm-hmm. program to force all American uh, young people eventually into well, slavery. You know what I think Obama is? He's the change that ushered in, well, uh, George Bush was doing all these things and everyone hated it. The change was bringing a face that allow Americans to like it. Hey. See, he's doing the exact same thing, but see, the wow. change here was just the perception of the American people. Dude, Toby, I've never heard yeah, that I one. Mean, That's like, brilliant. That is... Uh, that, well, the that's... one thing that really bothered me, like during election time and before election time and everything, was everyone just saw Obama as like the savior, and they're like, "Oh, he's just going to change everything right away." But like, where was he going to get the money for everything? Like, all that stuff was what really bothered me. And like, the one thing that I really want to change, like, we need to get that nigger out of there. Oh, that's not very nice. Goodbye now. Yep. Eight hundred two five nine. Group hug over. Ninety. What's that? Group hug over. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't want to hug that guy. Eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one. Look. Uh, <laughs> the whole idea that you have nothing else to say about Obama besides a slight against his uh, the color of his skin, the amount of melanin or pigmentation in his skin, really just shows that you got nothing. Now, of course, that was a crank call, obviously, uh, but nonetheless, it's just weak. Anybody yeah. that's coming at it from that per, uh, that perspective, you you're pathetic. It's, it's pretty hack uh, prank call. Yeah. I mean, a good p- prank call that you can get into. I'm all about a good prank call, but I mean, that's uh, just hack. <laughs> yep. All right. Eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one. We'll talk to Roy in Pennsylvania. You're on Free Talk Live. Hello, Roy. Hey, how's it going? What's on your mind tonight, Roy? Um, actually, today it was something that was pretty relevant to all this. Today at work, or well, at lunch anyway. We got to talking about basically how the government's getting so corrupt and basically what's really happening and all that good stuff. And one of my bosses, basically the owner of the company, mentioned how uh, recently one of his relatives died. It was like his aunt or something like that. Mm-hmm. And she had this paper on her. There was a letter that was written by his great-grandmother who was in Germany during the 1920s, in the late 1920s, I think, something like that. And basically, and that was... We probably know is like when hyperinflation really came in, they just started printing money and all that. Basically, yeah. And what happened was in the letter, the uh, his great grandmother had been writing how things were so bad and everything, but now there was a new up and coming group that promised all these great things and how they were going to fix the economy and and how Germany was apparently not liked after World War One and all. And they decided to change that. And this was an actual letter that was written by her, and we later found out, or he later found out, too, that obviously the group she was talking about was actually Hitler, how he had come into power through economic strife. Mm-hmm. Or not just him, but his whole regime and whatever. But he was voted in. Yeah. Exactly. He was voted in under all the promises of change. And I'm not just talking about, like, our president, because... I mean, the front person, basically. you got to look behind the curtain, really. And, and he said it was such a really frightening reality in how history can repeat itself so much. Because mm-hmm. they were basically promised all these great things, and then they were backstabbed. And I think his great-grandmother was killed in a concentration camp while basically protesting the entire thing. Like, after it all happened, they really started to crack down and... Blitz Craig and all that started the war pretty much 
I think he was one of the, or not him, but his great-grandmother was one of the people who was actually protesting and was later hauled off to a camp and assassinated mm. or killed, along with a whole bunch of other, like, what, six million other innocent people, not counting everyone in the war. It's a, uh, a tragic story. Yeah, and it, it's true, and... And it's is like, it repeating um, itself? I mean, that is a good question. I mean, certainly people uh, liken George Bush to Hitler while he was president, and I think those comparisons were accurate. Of course, oh, yeah, now accurate. <laughs> uh, now you're going to hear the similar comparisons about Obama, and those comparisons will be accurate. But of course, when yeah. Bush was president and people were comparing him to Hitler, then the Bush supporters, of course, denied it. Now oh, those yeah, people who supported good. Bush will be accusing Obama of being Hitler, exactly. and the Obama supporters will deny it, and uh, we'll all end up being oppressed anyway. Yeah, and it's just... This- it's just the standard issue left-right paradigm divide-and-conquer tactic where each side will deny its flaws and forget the big picture, and they'll automatically blame everything on the other guy and think that their regime is like the, the thing to be. Or we, could, uh, or we could be like the last caller and say that Obama is a worse Hitler because he's a black Hitler. I mean, just oh, the God. just the mindlessness of the of that particular mentality. Sorry, it's it's still with me. Just the uh, the idiocy <laughs> of that of that particular viewpoint. What matters is not the color of someone's skin. What matters is their actions. And I think I think Toby yeah, was action. spot on when uh, it's their actions and their and their and what they say. Toby was spot on when the ch- when he said that the change is essentially that they that now Americans are going to be. Uh, th- those who didn't before will now be supporting the, the very same things that George W. Bush was doing. Yeah, it's pretty much like there haven't really been anything that's, there's nothing good that's been changing. We've actually had more of the same, obviously, and a lot of the people that are coming in, if you trace their where they get their money from, they're really all working for the same people. We got international banks, mm-hmm. extremists, like authoritarians, the worst of the worst people, and they all are using basically sales tactics. Like it's like standard corporate games where you try and take a product that isn't really that good or probably sucks, made wherever and but you paint a pretty picture on it, give it a great logo and people buy it. You know what? You know what that product is going to be now? Uh, be, beyond just government in general, because uh, Obama certainly is somebody who... I remember there was some sort of quote from him in the campaign where he was talking about how he wants to rekindle people's belief uh, in the state. In fact, I think it was even the Libertarian Party candidate said something similar to that. So just Ooh. all kinds of uh, state Ouch. agents out Love there. Love thy government. Yeah, working hard yeah. To, uh, to paint the government as something that's beneficial, something that's necessary, something that is, uh, is good. And in fact... We'll talk here about national service, which is going to be that very program. It's going to be a despicable, disgusting program, but on the front, you know, the front face, they're going to paint it as something that's so wonderful. It's volunteering. Help your neighbor. It's helping. That's exactly how they do it, basically. It's literally, it's a sales tactic. You take something that's utterly psychotic or bad, but you create a, or, well, maybe not create, but you exploit some kind of tragedy, in our case, economy, which is really being created to be the way it is and destroyed. And then you come in with this so-called solution. And typically the solution is going to get a heck of a lot of innocent people taken out. And it's really not going to solve anything. It's just going to make things worse. Yep. Thanks, Roy, for the call tonight. Good hearing from you. 800-259-9231. Nice to hear from some intelligent callers. 800-259-9231. And Mark, joining us. Better late than never, I suppose. Well, I suppose. 
Uh, so we're talking, or we're actually about to start talking about the National Service Program. I hear there's some good news. Uh, Ted Kennedy was all excited. Well, good if you consider slavery a good thing, because Obama has signed the $5.7 billion National Service Bill today. Triples the size of AmeriCorps' service program over the next eight years and expands ways for students to earn money for college. What this legislation does then is to help harness this patriotism and connect deeds to needs, said Obama, former community organizer in Chicago. Uh, The story from the Associated Press, Obama calling on Americans to volunteer, which is great. Volunteering is cool, man. You usually don't get paid for volunteer work, right? That's where we need to start separating exactly what they're saying uh, from what is actually going to happen. And we'll talk about what's going to happen here in a few moments. Take your calls as well at 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line, and this is Free Talk Live. Talk Live. You can dial up, bring up anything, take control of the airwaves. That is the point of the show, why we call it Free Talk Live. You're free to talk about whatever you want. 800-259-9231. But if we find you distasteful and despicable, like one of our earlier callers, you won't last very long. Uh, it has. It is Ian here with you. And Mark. And Toby. And you can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. All the features on the site, they're completely free, so enjoy those on us. Uh, by the way, those features include archives, so if you've missed a moment of the show, click and download. They are yours totally free at freetalklive.com. Now then, there are lots of reasons that uh, you might want to hide your valuables around your home. You know, possibly a burglar breaking in, maybe the cops. StashYourSwag.com gives you more than 100 common places around your home, most with little or no modification necessary. The guide contains detailed pictures to help you, and most of the solutions that they offer are under $50. Most of them are free. Yeah. (laughs) StashYourSwag.com. That's StashYourSwag. Swag. StashYourSwag.com. So you can call in about anything. We're giving you the news here about... The national slavery situation. We've been talking about this as it has developed over the last few years. Uh, We've heard more and more about it. It's been getting big support out of Time magazine and some big corporations like Home Depot and Target are apparently behind these efforts. Well, if you're going to use the term national slavery, does it require involuntary servitude? That's a good question. I haven't actually read the bill, but okay. we'll share the Associated Press story with you. Whether the Associated Press has read the bill is another question. Uh, but what we do know, Mark, is that the proposals that have been on the table from the the very same people that support this piece of legislation, the proposals have been that, well, it's going to be voluntary in that you are voluntarily sending your kids to government schools, and in order to graduate from government schools, they'll have to go and work for X amount of hours doing this volunteer work, community service stuff. And let's face it, even if it did start off as something more watered down where it is all volunteer now, we've heard what they, uh, the proponents of such programs have said, and they would like it to be mandatory for everyone eventually. So even if this isn't mandatory right now for people going to public schools, this is only the first step. Right. And the first step may start with real volunteering. But of course... If you're forced to volunteer, it's not real volunteering. So that's one of my problems with this whole idea, even at the most basic, simplistic 
least objectionable level that it's going to start at. Well, uh, we're, in this country, we're moving more towards uh, you know a public funding mechanism for college. Uh, co- yeah. the, the the you know higher learning institutions have managed to do a superb job of selling themselves. Now, instead of uh, you know thirteen grades, we have to have sixteen grades in order for you to have well a quality education. And then you're going to definitely and, need grad school after that and be prepared and all that stuff. So they've managed to sell themselves um, in that respect. And if the government decides that they are going to fund help fund your you know, 16 grades, and part of that funding mechanism is that you have to volunteer. I don't have as big of a problem with it. I have a problem with anybody being forced to pay with pay for anyone's tuition, and I have a problem with an expansion of that program. But that's really what we're talking about here: is an expansion of you know tuition reimbursement programs. We're not talking about forced uh, labor. Well, yeah, we are because in order to they're gonna they're looking at and again I'm not sure exactly what this Senate bill says but we've seen what the proposals have been and the proposals have been that everyone who's in high school government run high school everybody who's in government run middle school everybody who wants to attend college if you want to get out of government high school you'll have to volunteer so it's not really volunteering if you force people to do it as part of the government. High school. Volunteering only has value when you've chosen to do so on your own volition without having somebody hold your diploma over your head to say, okay, well, now you have to do this in order to get your hands on the diploma. Well, the more ridiculous they make government school, the better it is for liberty-minded individuals. If everybody had to go to a government school wearing a Panama hat and had to learn how to weave baskets and play the glockenspiel, then... Parents might come to the conclusion, some of them might come, a few of them might come to the conclusion, hey, this is a ludicrous waste of time. And they would cease to send their kids there, even though they have to pay for it. Um, And, you know, upon threat of losing their house or going to jail or whatever it is, um, you know, the funding mechanism is for the government in that particular instance. So I support ludicrous things that go on in the government schools. Yeah, looking over the article, it's mostly a bunch of uh, back padding and uh, scratching between the bureaucrats, all talking about how wonderful everybody is, uh, that, you know, volunteering is great, all that's required on your part is a willingness to make a difference, said Obama, and that is, (laughs) after all, the beauty of service. Anybody can do it. Uh, so they don't really get too detailed. Let's see. Looks like one of the not pres- everybody. If if you have some kind of drug conviction or something, I think those are bars uh, to get in. Or especially if you're caught while yeah, you doing can't it. Get I mean, funding it, then because I mean it's a whole with the get government funding for college anyways. You, it's difficult if you have a, a criminal record for drugs or especially so? if you're caught while you're going to school and you you're on the government dole or government loans. And you're arrested for, say, a marijuana violation. The other huge problem that I have with this is they're calling something that you're paid for volunteer work, and you're not only yeah. paid for, through the the reimbursement. You uh, AmeriCorps members are paid, and I'm an uh, ex AmeriCorps member. I actually really? was an AMeriCorps member. <laughs> and um, what was that like? That w- it was just a normal job, and part of the the job benefits is well, we'll give you um, money towards off your college loans. And okay, what was the okay. job they had you do? It's my current job. You're working for AmeriCorps right now? No, not working oh, for okay. AmeriCorps. There's many, many different uh, AmeriCorps helped you get that. the job. Helped you get the job? Something like that. But okay. what what it turns out to be is it's a regular job that you're paid for regular money. Yeah. 
they just call it volunteer work. And it's not. There's nothing volunteering about it. It's a regular job, uh, a private job in the private sector a lot of the time that they're calling vol- calling volunteer work, and it's simply not. Yep. I, I, bastardizing the language is a very bad thing, and the government is guilty of it on, on many counts. So the legislation, getting some of the details here, the legislation does provide for increasing the size of AmeriCorps to 250,000 enrollees from its current 75,000. In addition to that, it looks like the uh, AmeriCorps applications have nearly doubled since uh, recent months. So a lot of more people, the the publicity campaign is working. They're seeing the money. They're seeing the dollar signs. Yep. And Uh, and, and they've been fired. So. And it says here that people 55 and older could earn a thousand dollar education awards by getting involved in public service. Those awards a thousand dollars in education. What is that going to buy you? The not much. Those awards can be transferred to a child, grandchild, or ah. even someone they mentored. Students from sixth grade through senior year of high school could earn a five hundred dollar education award for helping in their neighborhoods during a new summer program. So the AP article just barely glossing over what the real Whoa. details of this are. And, and this just happened this afternoon, so it's likely that you know the, the, the legal eagles out there are going to be tearing this bill apart and really finding out what the final uh, details are here. But, but just going on what we have to go on, going on what we know from what they've been proposing in the past, they're going to make... They're going to, if it's not this time, it's going to be next time, they're going to make it a requirement for graduation that you so-called volunteer. And as Toby points out, if you're getting $500 towards uh, towards college, it's not real volunteering because that's essentially some sort of stipend. It's a, it's a payment of some sort. So you're taking the volunteering out of volunteering. I think that's destructive enough on its face. But it's going to be worse when we find out that the volunteer opportunities that will qualify for the $500 will only be government-run programs, government-affiliated programs. Look out for that. More details coming up. It's Free Talk Live. Our archives, website, and podcast will continue to stay free, but if you think other people deserve to hear this show, consider becoming a Free Talk Live amplifier for just $3 a month at amp.freetalklive.com. Help free some minds. Visit amp.freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live. It's your show. You can dial in toll-free, 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. And it's Ian here with you. And Mark. And Toby. Join us on our website at freetalklive.com. All the features on the site, they're free. So enjoy those on us. And those features include the live stream, broadband version, dial-up version, webcam, all free for you. Listen. .freetalklive.com. That's listen.freetalklive.com. And audible.com is the Internet's leading provider of spoken audio entertainment. You can listen whenever and wherever you want, just like a podcast. Audible has over 60,000 titles to choose from. Every genre, Audible has it covered. You can get a free audiobook download when you sign up today. Just go to audiblepodcast.com slash FTL. That's audiblepodcast.com slash FTL. FTL like Free Talk Live. So get yourself a free audiobook, audiblepodcast.com slash FTL. Now, I was digging around during the break there trying to find out more about this Serve America Act. And we've we've talked about it in the past. Of course, they always change things at the last minute. So we don't know exactly what it says. But uh, I'm sure we're going to learn more over the coming days. And we do know what they've been saying. 
We do know what the plan is. Rahm Emanuel is one of the big guys in Washington, D.C. What's he, the press secretary? No, that's Hillary Clinton. Anyway, he's real close to old Obama. And he basically said that he envisions a future in which all American youth will have to work for, I think his vision was like a few months, basically, for the government. So it's different from just encouraging volunteerism, which is what the government... It's the draft. Well, right. That's what the government people would like you to believe. That's what all this is about. National service is just volunteering. That's all. We're just trying to encourage young people to volunteer. We're going to encourage them with some money towards college. We're just going to encourage Expand your horizons here. Learn more about the world. Learn a trade. It's all great. All's just, yeah, just roses. It's it's easy to do things to young people because, you know, they don't know anything. The the people that vote and make the decisions don't don't make, they don't feel the pain. If you you t- said every American right now has to go and do two years of service within the next five years. They're being outraged. It would be, they would be outraged. Whereas young people, yeah, well, you know, they're going to school. You might as well tack on another. Yeah, couple they don't years. have anything else to do. Right? Yeah, screw it. We'll just keep them children that much longer. Right. So it's not going to the proposal because working, you know, when they're working for the government, and they have some bosses, you know, tell them go do do this, do that. Whether it's in the military or whatever, they're not getting the same level of growth as you would out in the real world. Paying your bills, Absolutely. working a job, making decisions. Now the proposal's not for a couple. Of years. The, the proposal that's on the table that I've heard of is not a, a two-year proposal, but some people have been talking about that. It's certainly been thrown out there. I mean, this is just step one. I can anyone right. imagine what this would look like in ten, twenty years? And that's what you got to think about is because look at government programs and how they work. When when a government program is created, whether it's a state program or federal program or whatever, when a government program is created, it may look like the original uh, envision the original vision for that program, but then it begins to grow. Then the bureaucrats begin to get uh, mm-hmm. you know, more desirous of having more bureaucrats underneath them and more power so they can sure. wield it. And, uh, you know, I'll just think cetera. of all the good things we could do with more staff and more money. More money, exactly. So they expand out from there, and so you're right, Toby, this is where it's starting. And they're, th- what they've been doing this whole time that we've been covering the National Service thing is they've been conflating real volunteerism with working for the government and then they've actually been suggesting that working for the government is actually better and more valuable than real volunteer work. They have. And they've been doing all of this. So now what they're saying is, well, we're going to give kids an incentive of $500 towards their uh, whatever, t- towards college, if they uh, do these volunteer Might buy programs. A book. And they're probably going to make it so that you have to do some volunteering in order to graduate from high school. So it'll all be, you know, ostensibly voluntary in that, well, you don't have to send your kids to government school. You could be homeschooling. You could be doing private schooling. So therefore, it's not a mandatory thing. But if you want to get a government school diploma, as most people do, because most people can't afford private schools or they don't think they can handle homeschooling. So, you know, 90 percent of kids are going to go through the government system, forced to go to this government volunteering program. And according to the story, it's it's a Summer program. Students from sixth grade through the senior year of high school could earn a $500 education award for helping in their neighborhoods during a new summer program. New summer program. That doesn't mean that it's the Salvation Army that's running that program. That sounds to me like it's a federal government program that's going to be put on during the summer for your kids to go and spend their summer with. 
Man, I would really, if I was thinking back to my high school days, I really valued those days of going the to summer? a regular job. I mean, yeah. I, I, I worked uh, full uh, starting uh, when I was 16. I worked full time in high school, especially during the summers. And I really actually uh, valued my time and being able to go get real work experience. Well, wait I mean, a minute. Yeah, you mean not... you don't care about your community, Toby? I had a job in my community and people came and did yeah, business but you're trying at to the make job. Money at, you're trying to make money at the job. <laughs> shows you don't care. Yeah, yeah. but awful person. <laughs> you know, this is the this is the sort of the the socialist greenie mantra behind it. As though some if any job is worth doing, it's worth getting paid for. Because if you're not getting paid for it, likely it's not worth very much. Not creating value, <laughs> really. I mean, I'm not saying that volunteers out there aren't doing some things of value, but. You know, it, it, they're mitigable in some cases. Yeah, there's a reason that they're they're not being paid for it, except I guess with this these new programs, they, they're kind of they're graying the lines of what's volunteer work and what's regular yeah. work because they're paying volunteers stipends and all this stuff. It, it it really does gray the lines there. But I mean, having a regular job and getting those skills at a at a young age is extremely beneficial. Absolutely. I mean, if you're you're graduating in high school and you haven't you don't know what it's like to work a forty hour work a week at a crap job, you're missing out. Right now, I don't know what this government program is going to look like, and I don't know if they're going to pay these kids on top of uh, you know get, getting them that five hundred dollars crap tuition. Well, it, it actually says they could earn a five hundred dollar education award. Right. Well, but you know, when you start thinking about What's going to motivate the kid to show up in the morning? Obviously, if you don't show up the whole time, you're not going to get the uh, the, the the scholarship. But what if mm-hmm. you show up three quarters of the time and yeah, you manage to roll in an hour late or half hour later, things like that? See, that's the thing about a job is the boss is standing there and going, you need to be here on time. Mm-hmm. And a lot of these minimum wage jobs, uh, really, <laughs> that's what they are, is they're training for real jobs. Mm-hmm. You've got to show up. You need to not be hungover. You know, the, you know the the things that that are so important when it comes to doing work. You know, stop standing around and talking to your fellow employees and go service those customers, please. Also, what about the long term damage to real volunteer organizations? From the mentality that will be uh, inculcated into these young people that, well, if you volunteer for the government, you get paid. Well, it's the Why same, would anyone want to go work at a soup that's, kitchen? It's the same point. idea as the, what happened to the militia. Uh, you know, they start up the National Guard, the militias are um, they, they're, they're marginalized, and then at some point, they go away. Now they're illegal organizations, by mm. and large. You can't, you know, the state can't have a militia, because they have the National Guard. We don't need that. So therefore, what you're going to see likely is the government take over all of the volunteer programs that they consider to be worthwhile, mm. and then the ones that they don't consider considered to be worthwhile will then go away. They'll have a tough time existing. So look for more of this coming soon. Uh, I'd also like to point out that when I was looking at the the government's own website on this, which is nationalservice.gov, they're crowing about the national service legislation that was signed. I was looking at the article or their, their press release, and it almost mirrors the Associated Press story. I wonder why that is. Do you think it's because the Associated Press uh, journalist... Just went through and it took exactly what they. Uh, wasn't a, it wasn't word for word, but well, it's not plagiarized. But yeah. I mean, I'm sorry, doing a little editing work is not journalism. No, journalism is look, you know, g- going and researching a story, finding out things so that you can tell people something besides a damn press release off of a government website. If I needed a press release off a government website, I could have gone there and gotten that myself. Thanks very much. But I don't trust what the government says necessarily. I'd like a journalist to do a little journalistic investigation. 
Who's the uh, Who's the journalist on the AP article? Uh, Associated Press, uh, Ann Sander. Thanks, Ann. Good job. One eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one. What are you planning on doing about this? Are you a young person? Are you still in the government school system? Uh, have you heard anything on the inside of the system? What's What's going on out there? Give us the scoop if you know it. Eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one. And what's coming next? If they're going to force all young people to work for the government, where will they take it with the next step? Will they expand it from three months to a year, two years? Anything can happen. It's Free Talk Live. Free Talk Live. You can take control of the airwaves if you dial in toll-free, 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line, and it's Ian here with you. And Mark. And Toby. And you can join us online at freetalklive.com. All the features on the site, we give them away, so enjoy those on us. freetalklive.com if you enjoy this show. And you want to help support Free Talk Live, you can pony up three bucks a month with the Free Talk Live AMP program. Just head over to amp.freetalklive.com, get on board, and help us get this show into more ears around the world, bringing more internet listeners on board and bringing more radio stations on board as well, helping expose new people to the ideas of freedom because, well, there is no better time than now uh, to do such a thing. And you can help us at amp.freetalklive.com. Plus, you get perks like access to the AMP-only call-in lines, chat room, forum, and more. All the details are at amp.freetalklive.com. Let's go to your phone calls. Frank is on the line in New York. Frank, you're on Free Talk Live. Uh, good evening. Hey, Frank. Yeah, I'm not at all surprised with Obama's uh, middle school core. It's very <laughs> similar to the Hitler Youth, if you look back. Where it you is. had Like a junior Hitler Youth, then you had the regular Hitler Youth that uh, would terminate when one would be eligible for the draft or military conscription, and then you had like the the German maiden Hitler Youth, which you know did the same thing. Uh, it's very frightening because we know that his bill passed regarding the mandatory uh, government uh, uh, work in the House. Uh, you know, the one ages 18 to 48, where you would have to serve uh, the government in some capacity. And it really violates the Constitution regarding involuntary servitude. So sure in does. a sense, uh, it is highly illegal, and people should be very concerned about this because it's, uh, uh, you know, what will this be? Will this be in the, an Obama, you know, youth corps? What, you know, what will they do? I mean, uh, they'll uh, do whatever they're told. They'll get a little bit more of good indoctrination. Not necessarily. <laughs> what do you mean, Frank? Not necessarily what? Well, I mean... Uh, you know, I think I think kids uh, when they're very young, you know, especially if they're coming from, let's say, most of the public schools in urban environments, it's pretty violent. And I mean, the kids, there's talk of having in New York City uh, next year having the school board pay for bodyguards to and bouncers to uh, keep you know order in the classroom and things. So I mean, uh, you get all these kids together in the summer, you know, if they don't have something to do. And let's say they're going to do some manual labor, physical labor. Well, you know, I don't think a lot of the kids would do that. They would know how. They wouldn't know how to do it. And uh, yeah, you're right. Kids will be kids. They're gonna, you know, f around and uh, screw off or whatever. And, well, one right, boy is worth kids, one boy. Two boys is worth half a boy, and three boys is worth no boys at all. Something like what that. What does that mean, Toby? It means the more kids you get around trying to do something, the, the more the difficult less the task. Do. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but what if they're scared, Frank? What if you uh, scare them with like a trip to the gulag or something like that if they don't uh, fall in line? Well, listen, I think a lot of the a lot of the the kids. Uh, 
they're doing all sorts of things. I mean, I think if they can make more money selling drugs on the street, they're going to be doing that as opposed to working all summer and maybe getting a $500 scholarship. Yeah, but what if they go to ju- what if they threaten them with juvie if they don't participate? I mean, if you if you're forced into this program, this government program, and we, Toby, you mentioned something I thought was important to bring up uh, that that when you were involved with the AmeriCorps group, mm-hmm. unfortunately, uh, they told you that you could not be politically involved in anything. Yeah, they don't like the the political involvement. You're not allowed to. Having an opinion that. is unacceptable. Remember, we yeah. went down that list. We went down that list of things that you can't do if you're involved in these government. You just programs. have to be a good little worker. What I honestly think this is going to be doing for people who are going through it is teaching them that uh, a government job is really easy. Because let's face it, we've all done volunteer work. It's not as hard as your regular job. Mm-hmm. And if you're having these kids go out and uh, quote unquote volunteer doing something, it's not going to be as hard as that that job uh, shoveling crap or uh, sweeping the floors or something that normal kids have those entry level jobs the crap jobs that you need to learn that this is work i think having a program where people are coming out and uh volunteering is going to show them well i want this nice cushy government job and that's what i'm used to is becoming a bureaucrat essentially Mm -hmm. yes but ultimately if you look at the grades of the public school children all over the united states not just new york or pennsylvania or texas and you compare them uh, with you know comparable tests in other countries, we far we're, we're very far below the other countries. I think we rank like 37th overall in something. Yeah, but like you don't need to be a rocket scientist to wield a shovel. No, no. But what I'm trying to say is, wouldn't it be better to have remedial courses in the summer for all the young kids in middle school to bring them up to sort of. Uh, uh, literate standards that it wouldn't do would any help good, them in Frank. later life. It wouldn't do you do them any good, Frank, because the the fact is, what we have now we have as a result of the government education that we're getting. Absolutely. If, if you increase the government ed- education, perhaps you might get a, a, a you know a, a slight tick in the uh, you know the the education level, but you can get a, a significant gain by simply uh, privatizing or you know getting the government out of education. Because it's all you have to do is look at the, gov- uh, the, the, the private school uh, marks and look at the homeschooling marks. No, you're right, see- but the private schools are so expensive compared to you know the public school. Granted, the, the, they spend more money per pupil in the public school than the private right. school. They do, but I mean to go to a good private school, you're looking at maybe fifty grand a year. Oh, that's I mean, a really good no. private Junior. school. No, Frank, that's a really good private school. You could go to you can go to any private school get and you'll see that the students have better marks than they do in public schools. Right. And there's private schools here in the the, the immediate vicinity as low as. And I'm not saying that this there's one school that's this low, but many of them are are still half of what they spend. On a student here, they spend fifteen, fourteen thousand on a regular student. The government does. The government yeah. does. So seven thousand dollars a year will get you a private school education where you live at home. You wouldn't be boarded off, and you wouldn't wear a little jacket with a crest on it. Mm-hmm. But but they have ones that are fifteen hundred dollars a year for the tuition here. Thanks. Well, that's pretty. That's very. Uh, that's very good. Then it's sort of. Uh, well, that's uh, what happens that, when you we have, have mark- an alternative system. But what I meant by remedial work, I mean maybe. Using the time during the summer to to teach the reading and writing and the mathematics skills that are needed. Because they have that. They have summer school. They have those things. Thank you for the call. Yeah, Frank. but the point they do is, have them. But it, the point is, that, you know, the uh, the mean is so low compared to. I mean, if, if you compared it to let's say 1967 or 1970, 
I mean, yes, the uh, bar what would continues to failure, lower. Back then would be probably a B today. Yeah, you're right. The bar continues to lower, and it's the result of the government and indoctrination well, system not having mm-hmm. the incentives to do the right thing. Thank you, Frank. I agree. There's with also that. some people I think yeah, that I just aren't meant for regular, you know, uh, book work. I mean, some people out there would be better off having one of these uh, lifting jobs where you're shoveling ditches or something. There's nothing wrong with that kind of work. Not but everybody can be a rocket scientist. Right. right. Not everybody needs to go through high school. Not everybody needs to do that. Then there was a time in society where it was okay for okay you don't want to do the schooling route well drop out and get a job and enter into the workforce what's wrong with that and honestly uh, if you <laughs> for the students that that don't see that for themselves they're not getting anything out of high school anyway they're just wasting you, all our money if if you look and at the, having a miserable the time textbooks, in the process the textbooks that those kids have to take two year two two semester or excuse me two terms in math two two years of math they have to take or three or whatever if you look at them you know consumer uh, mathematics you're talking about they don't even touch algebra. I was learning more in eighth grade than, true. than it's required yes. to absolutely eighth grade algebra to, to, to graduate. Frank, now. I want to thank yes. you for the call tonight. Always sure. good hearing from you. Eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one. You know so what? They have so the, these high school courses are essentially placeholders mm-hmm. for uh, these kids to you know the uh, you know things that they do between smoking cigarettes in the bathroom. I mean, they're really not learning anything of of any value. They could have gotten it by eighth grade i did well here's a job that a lot of high school kids are going to want when they hear about it morgantown west virginia comcast.net news two fbi workers have been accused of using surveillance equipment to spy on teenage girls as they undressed and tried on prom gowns at a charity event at a west virginia mall sorry you knew that was going to happen right (laughs) that the fbi employees were going to spy on teenage girls you give Males, uh, the surveillance spying, surveillance, surveillance yeah. equipment, and at some point or another, some of those males are going to get together and say, "Hey, let's look at these girls doing this." FBI employees have been charged with conspiracy and committing criminal invasion of privacy. They were working at an FBI satellite control room at the mall. Why they had the FBI in the mall, I'm not sure. But they, Keeping us safe, man. They positioned a camera on temporary changing rooms and zoomed in for at least 90 full minutes on girls dressing for the Cinderella Project fashion now, show. I, I saw this headline earlier today, and I've just got to say, I am so not surprised. I mean, how many times do you think this has happened before? These are just some guys that who they got didn't caught get caught, you it. mean? Yeah. yeah, I mean, this happens every single day, and it's not only with the FBI, it's with anyone who's looking at a security cam that doesn't think they're being watched well yep chances are they're going to take advantage you ever seen the redneck hat that says fbi female body inspector on it? I guess it really, it's for real all right we're done it's Benny in here with you and mark and toby and back tomorrow night you can join us online in the meantime thank you toby for coming in tonight uh, toby from freemindstv.com we'll see you tomorrow night online in the meantime at freetalklive.com These are challenging times. Inflation, job security, political and financial uncertainty affect us all. Now more than ever, it's important to review your life insurance needs should something happen to you. Experts agree. Most families should have life insurance protection of 10 times their income. The great news is life insurance rates have never been this low. When you call Termco, Gil Edwards will tell you how affordable term life insurance can be. Gil specializes in saving people money on top-rated term life insurance. 
Find out if you're paying too much or if you don't have enough. Ask about the new return of premium plans, which return your entire premium back to you after 20 or 30 years, tax-free, guaranteed. Your family's protected either way. Get the best coverage with Termco at the lowest possible rate. Call Termco for a free no-obligation quote. Call 800-493-7712. 800-493-7712. That's 800-493-7712.